What's so funny? I'm just, I'm ready. Are we live? We're live. My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. The break is over. We don't take breaks here. We've been breaking down this. Sit down and shut up. But the break is over, and Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC 287 fight card. We're going to give you our picks, our predictions, our bets, and our fantasy plays. I don't know why you have that. Before we jump in, let's talk about pay-per-views. In 2023, Jacob and I have been absolute pay-per-view assassins. 45 units of net profit. In 2023 alone, on pay-per-views, 283, 8 units. 284, little tiny bit of a loss, half a unit. 285, 16 units. And 286, 21 units for 45 units of net profit in 2023. Did somebody, like, make fun of your height or something? And now you're like, no. No, these are – I was actually thinking about this the other day, which is kind of funny. <laughs> you know how, like, when you're watching TikToks and it's just, like, it's a half and half? Like, half it's, like, you're listening to it and the other half is just, like, random shit going on? Yeah, That's, yeah, like, yeah. what this is for the promos. It's, like, <laughs> they can hear you, but they're just watching me just do random shit. It just keeps them entertained. Yeah, that's usually when they're just stealing copywritten content. <laughs> well, anyway, Premium has a new look and feel. What we've done with Premium, it still has all of the amazing content we'll talk about, but we have taken my stuff, put it on my page, Jacob's stuff on his page, and that opens the door for other content creators and other analysts to put their stuff on our Premium. We'll be rolling that out shortly. So, the benefit now is you're immediately right out of the gate. You're going to get round line leans for every single fight and confidence for every single fight and pick. Jacob's page has his lock of the week history. The count it so much. Go, the count it. The counter. So much going on here. Go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It's only $10. You're going to get all sorts of stuff. Our picks, our bets, the DraftKings plays, the fantasy content. You're going to get the line movement tracker. This is yet another card where we have had favorites become underdogs. Full line flips. We'll talk about those, but use the line movement tracker to identify your favorite fighters. Spot those trends so you can wait to jump in or you can jump off a bandwagon before it's too late. You're going to get the opening odds, the current odds, the probability, and the line movement. This is a tool available for you, and premium is not just about all of our bets. I mentioned we have 45 units of net profit just on pay-per-views alone. That's from our bets we put on premium, but we also have tools, and plenty of people are making plenty of money just from the information alone, like our metrics and analytics. We have 38 column spreadsheet with detailed metrics and analytics for every single fight to help you find your spots. And if that's too much information in one piece, we've taken it, we've divided it up, we've put it into digestible chunks so you can find your spots, identify your plays, and make some money. We want picks. It is only $10 a month. Just click become a member. You're going to get everything under the sun. It is the greatest value in this space. If you find anybody that has anywhere near the value that we have, let me know. I'll add whatever they got going on and I'll give you a month for free. It does not exist. People have a DraftKings optimizer. They charge you for that. People have this spreadsheet. They charge you for that. We're giving you all of it. $10. We own picks.com at the top. Click become a member. That gets you an entire month. And if you want 50 bucks, let's say March Madness wasn't so kind to you in the off week. Well, we will line your pockets with $50. All you need to do is go to weonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners. Make a deposit and I will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Weonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. I'll send you 50 bucks. 
It is laggy for some reason. I don't know why. Nothing I can do about that. We have a, I mean, nothing. What can I do about that? $5 super chat from Quint. Quint says, pay-per-view fight week with the We Want Picks crew. Like the stream, boys and girls. Your cameras are not fluid in motion, by the way. Not sure what's up. I don't know what's up either. Here, let's take you off. Put you on. Put me on. Switch again. Maybe that did it. Jake, you got anything to say before we no, break down some of these like fights? It's just like framey. I don't know why. It's like Nothing framey. we can do. Nothing we can do. I've got full gig internet here, baby. Well, I might want to check that. Okay. You got anything to say before I start breaking this thing down? Uh, Jacqueline, how you doing? She, she is a specimen. First up, at UFC 287, we have Sam Hughes taking on Jacqueline Amorim. Sam Hughes, 7-5 and five overall, 2-3 and three in her last five, and she's coming off that loss to Pereira Rodriguez. Jacqueline Amorim is 6-0. She's undefeated in career, all stoppages in her wins, and she's making her UFC debut, and this is an interesting fight because Sam Hughes is tough as nails. She's absolutely Tough as nails. She's a pretty good striker. She's decently, decently sized for the weight class, but she's hittable. She's got a negative striking differential. She's not amazing at any one thing, but she's insanely tough. Insanely tough. She's coming off that loss to Pereira Rodriguez, where she lost the first two rounds pretty handily, but stayed tough, went out there with the third fresh start, won that third round. It just shows you how tough she is. And she's taking on Jacqueline Amorim, who I mentioned, undefeated. Six stoppage wins, and she is a slick, slick grappler. She's got really nice blast double takedowns, and she's got a wild array of different submission techniques. But she's also got insane power in her hands. She sends things. They're super obvious, but she has legitimate one-punch power in her hands. This should be Jacqueline Amorim all the way. She should absolutely dominate this fight. She literally should be better everywhere. The only thing that worries me here, the only reason I don't have a bet on this fight just yet is... Sam Hughes is really tough, and Sam Hughes is a UFC fighter at this point, right? She, I mean, she has UFC fights under her belt, and yes, she's not winning them all, but she's been in the cage. She shouldn't be too nervous. There shouldn't be too many jitters, and she's stupid tough. Jacqueline's getting everybody out of there early. If she doesn't get Sam out of there early, she might fade, and then we know Sam's not going to stop, come out late in the second, come out in the third keep pushing the pressure, could potentially steal this fight. So Jacqueline is the very easy pick, but no bet. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I think Jacqueline should come in and, and dominate this fight. And you, and you mentioned the, the toughness of Sam Hughes. This is somebody that, I mean, this is a fight of Jacqueline who wins every fight in the first round and Sam Hughes who basically loses the first round of every single fight. But she just finds a way to f- figure out the fight, stay tough, and then win with her toughness and pressure basically in the second and third rounds. And that's how she wins fights. So it's going to be up to her to survive the first round of this fight because I think that she can't get taken down. I think Jacqueline will time the takedown. She doesn't force takedown. She's very methodical about it she finds the timing she knows when she shoots she's gonna get the takedown and once she's on top her control is absolutely incredible when she is grappling she is a submission threat but she's not just chasing submissions she's waiting for the position she'll get the full mount and she will start grounding and pounding you until you give her that submission which i absolutely love because i hate when people are just in mount or in a very advantageous position they they're just like looking for a sub and they're looking for this it's like hit the person in the face like just to punch them in the face and that's exactly what jacqueline does now sam hughes is good enough to probably be able to stay safe 
and get to those second and third rounds. But the issue is because Sam is so tough, she does not just stay in her guard. She works to try and get back to her feet. And in those positions, while she's working to get back to her feet, that's when Jack will capitalize with the scrambles, with the submission. So I think Sam Hughes' toughness is really going to be her detriment. In this fight, I think she gets taken down, tries to get back to her feet, and Jacqueline's able to find the submission. But, as you mentioned, if this gets out of the first round, we have no idea how Jacqueline is going to react. So, it is a little bit of a flyer, but I think Jacqueline's good enough to get her to the ground and get it done. I completely agree. And this is one of the very few female fights where an under-round play may be the way to go. Because Sam is very tough, but Jacqueline is dangerous. Dangerous. Like, very dangerous. And... Sam Hughes is incredibly tough, so she could potentially win by stoppage late. So if Jacqueline doesn't get her out there, get her out of there early, then she may fade. She may get exhausted, and Sam could do it late. So this may be an under two and a half, um, under two and a half play. What do you think about that? Uh, I was actually looking at it and maybe parlaying that with something else, um, just to get a little bit more meat on the bone there. I think it was like minus two ten. Something like that. So for I under think, two and a half. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were onto it a little bit, but maybe it's not that much. Maybe it's one ten. I can't remember, but it's definitely minus money. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't touch it just because Sam is super, super tough. DraftKings seventy two hundred and nine thousand. It's real tricky because I mean, if Jacqueline continues to do what she's doing, then she's worth the nine thousand all day, every day. But the reality is. Sam Hughes is stupid tough. I mean, that's what makes this so damn tricky. So I'm probably going to avoid this in DraftKings. We do have a couple other fights where we should get some solid uh, finishes. What do you think about DraftKings? Uh, she's going to be in my lineup because I think she dominates. There you go. Do me a favor. You're the skippy one, not me. Why don't you leave and come back? Well, it's not because I can see it on my screen, but if you want me to leave. Yes. Don't worry, guys. I got rid of him. We're taking care of this. What? He'll move it. Next up at UFC 287, we have Shylon Nerden Beek taking on Steve Garcia. Shylon Nerden Beek is 39 and 10 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five. He is riding a three fight win streak. He's taking on Steve Garcia. Steve Garcia is 13. And five overall, three and two in his last five, and he is alternating wins and losses. This is another tough fight. This card is loaded with these mid-size favorites, right? Minus 190, plus 165. This whole card is loaded with stuff that kind of looks like that, right? Minus 220, stuff like that. And all of them are pretty, pretty competitive. This is another one. Shylon Nurdenbeek, he's a powerful grappler. He likes to come forward, big, heavy strikes. He's got that bully style where he'll get you against the cage and then just try to work takedowns from there. He will transition from one takedown to another pretty well. And if he's on top, he's got some really good pressure. His takedowns are not great, though, only at a 32%. But he does have a high average of three per fight. And he's coming off that uh, win over Derek Minner, which... Almost canceled sports betting around the world. Steve Garcia is a tough guy to break down because he's decent everywhere, amazing nowhere, right? Solid grappler, good takedowns, decent boxing. He likes to come forward. He'll throw big strikes, and he'll look to set up those takedowns. His striking is solid. He's got nice movement. He does have power and speed, but again, he's not going to be the most powerful guy. He's not going to be the most technical guy. He's just sort of tough and good 
everywhere. He's coming off that win over Chase Hooper where he just basically beat the shit out of him that first round. I think Shylon wins this fight. The problem is, the only thing that's preventing me from betting the hell out of Shylon is he's a low-volume guy. I can't count on him to just throw a bunch of punches and then immediately start to wrestle. He'll take his time sometimes. And Steve Garcia won't take his time. Steve Garcia is a high-volume guy. So if Shailon doesn't get his hands going, doesn't immediately push against the cage, doesn't look to start grappling, I can see Steve Garcia start to win some of these rounds and steal some steal some minutes here. So Shailon's going to be the pick. Steve technically has a 100% takedown defense, but I think that's just sort of uh, the matchups he's gotten so far in the UFC. So Shailon's the pick for sure, but no bet for me until the significant strike lines drop. When those drop, BetOnline offers significant strikes. You just say, who's going to get more between these two fighters? I'm going to go Steve. He has the higher output. Shylon does get hit, low output. Odds are Steve Garcia is going to land more significant strikes, even if Shylon gets his grappling going. So maybe we get a favorable line there. If we do, I'll hit that bet. If you're a premium member, make sure your Discord's linked because that's how you're going to find out about it. It's through the Discord because it's going to be after the betting video comes out. WeOnPicks.com, only $10 a month. And if you don't have bet online, sign up using our link at WeOnPicks.com slash bets. And I'll send you 50 bucks. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I could not believe that this line was was two and a half. It is, is something that I that I hammered. I mean, that's a free premium bet right there, and I think it's a good one because these boys are going to get after it. And it's going to be Steve Garcia that is going to bring the absolute heat, fire, and tenacity into this fight very, very early on. So you mentioned the low volume of Shylon. I don't think he's going to have a choice. He's going to either have to match the volume or get overwhelmed or get the takedown and use the wrestling immediately. And if you're on the Shyland side and you're picking him, you're betting him, you think he's locked, you better hope that he gets a takedown early because he is going to be I mean Steve Garcia is going to be all over this dude he's going to treat him just like that Chase Hooper fight and it's up the up the shyline to either find the counters be ready for it find the counters which I think he can and I think he's able to knock out Steve Garcia pretty early with the pressure of Steve Garcia because he does have good counter punching he does have good power and Steve Garcia does get dropped like basically all the time so I think he's going to be there with the shots but if he's not there with the shots he better be ready with a takedown because he is going to get overwhelmed by this guy Steve Garcia he said he's coming in he's bringing the fire in the first minute he's going to come across I believe him when he says it you got to basically who whose chin do you trust more is how I see this fight especially in the first minute and I trust Shylon's chin uh, more, and he's got the wrestling in its back pocket to kind of slow everything down if he needs it. So I like Shylon here, but um, I wouldn't bet it because Steve Garcia, when you got somebody that's willing to risk it all, it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous man, and he's one of those dudes. No, I hear you. That's the only reason uh, it's the only reason I'm not all in on Shylon here is because he can be low volume. I mean, look at the stats. 2.17 significant strikes landed per minute to 5.15. He's hit, he throws fewer and is hit with more. And that's why I like that significant strike bet when that drops. You're going to hit that too? I mean, that's a good bet. Well, I, I think Tell this me one, it's a good bet. Tell me it's I mean, a good bet. In Please. theory, yeah. I mean, it is Thank a, you so a very good one. It's probably going to be minus 300 something like that. But if they, uh, I think this one could be quick. Quick, fast, so, in a hurry. Sometimes they mess those up, honestly. Not mess them up, like not an error. But sometimes they'll be like, oh, okay. Uh, two to one favorite. He's the underdog, and the, you know, and it'll be a decent line. They messed like, up a line uh, today, but they already refunded the bets. Yeah, because like that was just a straight up error. Like, because sometimes we get lucky with the takedown props, where they're like, "Oh, this guy's a nasty wrestler," and they'll give him like eight takedowns, 
And it's like, yeah, he's a nasty wrestler, but he's got great control. People aren't standing up on him. He's not going to get to eight. So I'm hoping this will be somewhat similar, right? The uh, the underdog will have a decent, significant strike line. 8,900 to 7,300, you think Shylon's going to win. You don't think this fight goes the distance, so are you going to spend the 8,900 on DraftKings? Nope. Too risky? <laughs> no. Nope. I'm, I'm starting to I'm leaning more and more to the Steve Garcia side, so... I'm pretty 50-50 on this one. I, I'm doing that with the main event, honestly. I keep going back Oh, and forth. fucking spoilers. Jesus Christ. Just turn the video off. I mean, it's skipping anyway. So what's the point? Yours stopped skipping and mine still is, but I'm the host. If I leave, I think this whole thing shuts down. Ouch. Maybe we get a refund. Anyway, um, I agree. A little bit of a risky fight. 13 fights on this card. Uh, so 26 fighters. I don't know if I'm going to have either one of these guys on there. If I'm going to spend $8,900, I almost want to guarantee a finish. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. Um, so we'll see. But anyway, 7,300 on Steve Garcia is very solid underdog money. So depending what your lineup looks like, you, he's a guy that you know will go out there and will work for he's your money. Gonna, he's, yeah, he's going to fight for your money. And anybody that puts money on Steve Garcia, he is going to fight for your money. No, 100%. 100%. Cuz he's not like he's as tough as we saw last week with Steve uh who's the dude you saw at the airport? Got his ass kicked. Peterson? Yeah. He's as tough as Steve Peterson but actually skilled. He's well, not just He can't take shots like Steve, I don't think. He's tough, but he his chin yeah. only sure. allows him so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. He's he's incredibly tough with what he can control. Can't control your chin. That is what it is. But, um, all right, well, we're on the same side as this one. Super close fight. Probably going to leave it alone other than Jacob already gave you a spoiler for one of his premium bets. He's going under on the round line. If you want to unlock all of the premium bets, wewantpicks.com. It's freaking $10 a month. Like, let's be real. Let's be real. We've given you 45 units of net profit in the four pay-per-views this year already. So... I imagine this will be another very, very successful weekend. And if you don't want the bets, we have all of the tools, all of the information to help you find your own spots. Wewantpicks.com at the top. Click become a member. $2.79, I'm assuming Canadian. Yes, Canadian from Wyatt Corm. Thanks, fellas. Premium has been a steal for $10 a month. Thank you very much, Wyatt. Genuinely appreciated and like wholeheartedly. It's, it's a massive success, meaning a lot of people are signing up. People are staying. Our customer retention is insane. It's growing. And we keep adding features and functionalities because it is my goal, my genuine goal, to make it like the biggest no-brainer. I want to create an environment where nobody can sell anything. You can't sell. We want picks is selling everything we're selling for ten dollars. You can always nobody sell can sell anything. You can't even get it. if it's not more if it's more than ten bucks, don't even bother. Don't even bother. There's people out there selling just a spreadsheet for $10 or just a spreadsheet for five. I'm including everything. And then there's people that go, oh, if you give me $5, I'll give you this. If you give me 20, I'll give you that. That's absurd. $10 across the board. We're adding features and functionalities every single week, not week, every single month. And we're not touching the price point. I mentioned premium changed. I have my own page. Jacob has his own page. We have other analysts lined up we're building their pages now they will be up there soon they'll be breaking down the pfls the bell tours all these other cards including ufc that's just going to be added to premium for the same ten dollars a month 
Phantom with, I don't know what CHF is, but five of those made it to the stream for the first time. 3 a.m. Join the Discord if you want to have a good time and good talks. Thank you very much, Phantom. What's the up, Discord, Phantom? The Discord is one too. 100% free. Premium members can link your Discord for alerts, but it is free to join. And $2 from Degenerate UFC fan Max Bet, Jacqueline Amorim. Simp Bet's always cash. Well, That's true. they don't. Thank That's you very true. much for the super chat. They cash one way or the other. Oh, Swiss are francs. Look at us. What? That's what that uh, that money was. Swiss francs? Swiss francs. What's your favorite? Cheese. <laughs> what? Swiss cheese? Jesus Christ. What a wild connection that was. I'm supposed you to look like that. you look like Trey Ogden when I when I when I delivered that punchline, just like I'm. Sub- <laughs> what? Next up at UFC 287, we have Ignacio Bahamandez taking on Trey Ogden. Trey Ogden stepping up on short notice. Ignacio lost his original opponent, Nicholas Mata. I think he had a. I think he showed it on Twitter. A nasty cut. Ignacio Bahamanes, he's coming back after a year away, but he is 13-4 and four overall, 4-1 four and one in his last five. And I believe that year off, somebody said it was visa issues, if you trust the comment section. Trey Ogden's 16-5 overall, 4-1 and one in his last five, coming off his first UFC win. Ignacio Bahamanes is huge for this division, super long, super tall, and he mm. uses that length and reach really, really well. He's got a surprising output volume. Like, he's landing at an incredible pace. Pretty good power. He's got good footwork, good head movement, and that sort of protects him from power shots. And he's got solid takedown defense at 95%. His takedown offense is absolute trash, dumpster fire city. But he doesn't need it because his striking is phenomenal. His takedown defense is phenomenal. And he's coming off a win over Zhu Rong where he snatched up a submission off Zhu's takedown attempt. He's taking on Trey Ogden. Trey Ogden, again, stepping up on short notice. He was supposed to fight... Two weeks ago, I believe, if not three. I think two weeks ago, his fight was canceled. So he's here. And this is, we've had a lot of this lately. Austin Lingo was just in the same situation. Cutting weight twice like that in two to three weeks is not good. And you do see the difference um, in the fight. So that's not going to work out well for Trey. But Trey is an athletic guy, solid grappler, solid takedowns, decent power in his hands. He's definitely a grappler. But if you look into his fights a little closer, some of those submission wins were started because he dropped somebody. He just dropped them and then pounced. So it's not always got to get the takedown to get it to the ground. Uh, he's coming off a win over Daniel Zellhuber, where he only went one for nine in takedown attempts. But he was super tough on his feet, and he did win some of those striking exchanges. And this is Ignacio Bahamandez all day long. All day long. Trey is solid, but two weight cuts, as I mentioned, in a couple of weeks is going to be a problem. Ignacio Bahamandez, long, hits hard, fantastic grappling, fantastic hands. I'm all over Ignacio here. Uh, he's absolutely going to get this done. And uh, throw him in parlays, all that crap. I think you're good to go. What do you think? Yeah, this is one of my favorite plays on the on the card as well. Um, and I'm definitely going to load up throughout the week uh, for the premium members for sure. But yeah, this it is a catch weight, so that is something to take into consideration. But honestly, the catch weight I think helps both of them. You mentioned how big Ignacio is. I think the, the, the catch weight is going to help him as well. This should be simply Ignacio with his length, with his jab, fantastic jab. He's very long with the jab, uh, very long with all his strikes really. But 
with the way that Trey Odgan strikes, because he is tough, you mentioned he's a decent striker, he's got decent power, but he will just kind of march forward and just walk forward with his head just straight on the center line. You don't see this guy bobbing and weaving, footwork in and out, just boom, 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 right in front of you. Ignacio should just jab, jab, jab. If he jabbed for the first two rounds, I mean, just boom, boom. Boom, he could have this guy out of there just with jabs. I mean, I think that's how effective his jab can be in this fight. Now, as you mentioned, Trey does grapple. He does wrestle at times. Ignacio, unfortunately, does love those front chokes. I don't want to see any front chokes from Ignacio in this fight. That's the only thing I'm worried about is Trey takes a shot, and Ignacio with the front chokes, the guillotines, the darts, whatever it is. I don't want him pulling that stuff because he, if he ends up on his back, it's not good against a guy like Trey Odgin. So I don't want to see any of the guys. I'm very anti-guillotine. I, I hate guillotines <laughs> more than anything in the world. People always pull them. They always end up on their back. They lose rounds because of it. I don't want to see any of it. Defend the takedown. Stay at range. Jab, jab, jab. That's all you need. Ignacio, Bahama Mama should dominate this fight. I, I Listen, I completely agree across the board. Luckily, he's got that 95% takedown defense because he doesn't want to be on the ground. Like, he's got... He has very good practical jujitsu, right? He's not playing the guard bullshit, trying to... He's snatching things up in scrambles, using his length, but he recognizes I'm always the better striker. Let me keep this on my feet. So, I... Um, but I agree. If People he... Teams, man. I don't if get he it. gets taken down and wants to play that game all... Because they're easy. That's why. I, oh, yeah, I know. But you got <laughs> to know... At this level, at this point, if I was a coach... And my and I I had a fighter that ever fucking pulled guillotine. The only time you should ever pull a guillotine is if you're down two rounds. It's the third round. Hail Mary. You, you, yeah, it's a Hail Mary. You think you can get whatever it is. If you were up, it's a first round. Never pull a goddamn guillotine. 90% of the time, that's probably the real stat. You're, he's not, you're not going to sub him. You're going to end up on your back, and you're going to lose the round. Glover Teixeira literally lost his belt right. because he jumped guillotine. Literally lost wild. his belt because he, that was he jumped guillotine. That wasn't even like, a, <laughs> like he was on the neck a little bit and then, oh, oh, I think I got it. That was just like, whoa. Just, Literally like, lost the belt because he did that. So I hear you. Um, we're on the complete same page here. Ignacio Bahamandez, check out Premium. We've got a couple things going with him in there. Um, $9,400 in DraftKings. I, for a pay-per-view I don't want to say this is a sketchy card because it's not sketchy per se. Like we, I managed to make money at UFC San Antonio. It that feels was like somebody's gonna card. Yeah, it feels like somebody's going to mess it up. I was very careful with this week's safety parlay because I'm like, ooh, everything I liked, I'm like, Egh. but this does feel like uh, I mentioned a lot of mid-sized favorites. Even Bahamandas, he's only minus three thirty-five. He's probably my most confident pick on the entire card. He should be bigger than that. The rest of the card is like uh, minus 190. We broke that down with what's his name? Nerd and Beak. Should that dude be minus 190? No. So a couple sketchy spots here. I think we've got some good ones for you. For premium members, we want picks.com. Click become a member. It's $10. It's $10. It's minus an absolute 340 joke. now. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, I did these graphics at noon. So you got uh, got a half a point Shilin's on Bahamondas. Shilin's going down too. Minus 184 now. It's closing a little bit. Yeah. Um, the safety parlay is on the website. I mentioned the website, instead of just having bets, picks, individual pages, I have my own page. Jacob has his own page. They have their own information, their own look and feel. We're doing round lines. We're doing all the things. The safety parlay is mine. That is on my page. You go to Jacob's page, you'll see the lock of the week tracker. Every single lock of the week he's ever had, if they won or lost, and what that did for the units. We're going to add something similar for the safety parlay on my page as well. So, by splitting us up, 
we'll never split up, Jakey boy. By splitting us up, you will uh, you get all the extra content, all the extra information. Tiffany came to get the baby monitor. Yes, they, last time you peeked in and somebody screenshotted your face. And now they know how lucky I am. Bull Didio. That's how you do it, boys. Uh, Weonpix.com. Click become a member. Next up, at UFC 287, we have Cynthia Calvillo versus the potentially unreliable Lapita Gadinez. Cynthia Calvillo, not you disagree with that statement after what she did to you? No, I was just like, yeah, like I was disappointed too. Oh, like, oh. Like, I thought you were no. disagreeing. No, I would never. She, she ruined a lot of lives. Cynthia Calvillo, 9-5 and five overall. One in four in her last five. She is riding a four-fight skid. Lapita Gadinia is eight and three overall, three and two in her last five, and she's coming off that loss to Angela Hill, which should have just been absolute domination, but it was not. This is trickier than the odds, though. This is another fight. I'll tell you right now, I don't have Cynthia Calvillo in a lot of stuff. Sorry, Lapita Gadinia is in a lot of stuff because... After that Angela Hill fight, I don't know how much I can trust her. And she's taking on Cynthia Calvillo. And Cynthia Calvillo's better than her 4-0 skid or her 0-4 skid. She's well-rounded. Good striker, good grappler, decent takedowns. And while she is pretty well-rounded, she's not the fastest person in the division, but she is pretty technical. When she gets you to the ground, she's going to soften you up with strikes and then work for a submission from there. She lands more than four significant strikes per minute, but she's not the most comfortable person in those striking exchanges. Again, she is on a four-fight skid, but if you look a little closer, they're to all good opponents, right? She's not losing to bums. She's losing to very good opponents. A lot of people are arguing that, you know, she was broke. Like, she got, not like money-wise, but she was broken in that first fight that started that skid. And we're going to find out in this fight because she's taking on Lupita Cadenas. And when Lupita shows up, she is big, strong, a powerful wrestler, a powerful grappler. She will bully you to the ground. She'll have clean boxing on the feet. Her setups are both solid with her striking and her grappling. But when she's not all there, when she doesn't show up ready to go like she did against Angela Hill, she's just off. She's not bullying. She's not working the takedown. She's just a step behind reacting. So we don't know what Lupita we're going to get, but if we get the normal one, the one that we expect to get, she should win this fight. She should be able to push Cynthia around, take her down, beat her up, and get it done. So that's what I'm going to bank on here. I think uh, Loopy's going to win this fight. I'm not betting on her. Not after the last fight. She's going to sort of have to prove that that was an anomaly. And you're going to see a couple of losses on her record. One was a robbery against what's her name? Penne, I'm pretty sure. Yep, Jessica Penne. That was a straight-up robbery. Her other loss was on three days' notice. She had just not. Yeah, she had just fought the week before. Lily had just fought, and she did the Chimaev turnaround up in a weight class, dominated the first round, and then got tired. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and I think people should start to realize because same thing happened with Terrence McKinney against Drew Dober. Almost that's what somebody, we, yeah, that's what somebody said in the Discord today. They're like, I just don't like that loss to Luana Carolina or whatever. It's like, do you understand the circumstances behind it? She had just literally yeah. fought. She had just fought the week before. And it's not the her it's not her weight class. Right. Like and and, and she still dominated the first round. I mean, she was tossing Luana around. And she relies on her size. Loopy needs to be the bully. If she can't bully, 
She has a hard time. She should be able to bully Cynthia Calvillo. She should absolutely be able to get this done. Loopy's the pick. If you want a parlayer, go for it. I, I'm just going to sit tight, have her prove herself to me. And this isn't a women's MMA thing because we absolutely cashed last week on Holly Holm. We cashed at UFC 285 mm. or whatever it was on... Uh, Amanda Ibas. No. Tabitha Ricci. Tabitha Ricci. So Tabitha we're cashing Ricci. on women's MMA, but mm. uh, Loopy mm. burned us. She's got to earn that trust back. She's absolutely the pick, though. Mm. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, Cynthia. Oh, Cynthia. Jesus died for our Cynthia. <laughs> do you know what that, you know that's from? No. Jesus cried for our Cynthia's. You what are dead. You are dead. Beep, boop, boop. You are dead. <laughs> Sounds like grandma's boy. What is that from? It's, it's similar. It's uh twenty. I think twenty two Jump Street or twenty one. Oh, okay. <laughs> when he's doing the the slam poetry or whatever. <laughs> Cynthia. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to the Loopy Angela Hill fight because I was completely embarrassed by Loopy. I said she was going to die. I had so much money on her. I said she's going to absolutely dominate that fight. And in the first round, she was winning that fight, and that was the issue for Loopy in that fight because she was striking in the first round and she was hurting Angela Hill. I mean, Angela Hill's very, very tough, but she does get hurt. And if anyone hurt her as bad as Loopy, I would like to see because, I mean, she was absolutely hurt in that first round. So I think Loopy was like, oh, well, I'll just knock her out in the second round. Then it didn't happen in the second round. She's like, oh, I'll just knock her out in the third <laughs> round. And she just kind of stuck to that game plan because it was so successful early on that she never went back to her wrestling. If she uses her wrestling, and I'm going out on a limb here, for Loopy, once again, if she uses her wrestling, she can beat probably 98% of the girls in her weight class. I said it before, her wrestling is just so, her sister's like an Olympic wrestler. The whole family wrestles. She knows what the hell she's doing. She can absolutely ragdoll everyone. She could be the champ if she would wrestle. When she doesn't wrestle, she's a very average fighter, and that's why she lost against Angela Hill. If she doesn't wrestle against Cynthia, I think Cynthia's the better striker. The issue is, and as Angela alluded to it, I think she is broke. I think she has zero confidence. She's lacking literally zero confidence in her striking, in her grappling. People, like Angela mentioned as well, it's just like she just doesn't seem like the same person, which is a shame because I was a big, big fan. I'm going to be rooting for her in this fight. It would be awesome to see her kind of pull off that upset um, because I'm kind of over Loopy by now. But if Loopy wants to wrestle, she can dominate. If she doesn't wrestle, it's going to be a close, close fight. And um, we'll see what, what Loopy wants to do. Uh, I got a hair in my eye. <laughs> oh boy! Oh my god, man! Contacts are rough. I completely agree with you. I completely, absolutely, we're aligned here. We do disagree in a couple of these fights, but we're aligned here. That's why I, I didn't touch, I didn't touch any bets because minus three hundred. If she was minus one fifty, let's say the bookies were like, "Hey, you screwed us last time," you know. Then, then maybe, but at minus 300. You should change your video source and do that. I think that's because it's laggy on my screen. So I think it might be the video source itself. Like flip it and flip it back. I don't know if you can do that or not. All right. Well, there's not. Oh, boy. Let's try. Oh, boy. That do anything? Um, maybe. I only have one camera. Oh, no, it didn't do it. Sorry. All right, we'll do it in between fights. Anyway, I think Loopy's going to get it done. $9,200. I will probably spend that money in DraftKings because she should get some takedowns and do some elbowing. You can spend the money in DraftKings. 
I actually think that she comes in and the, the one the one thing that worries me the most is after that fight she wasn't like pissed off about it. She was just like, "Oh well, you know, like whoops, yeah, yeah, like yeah. we'll 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 move on." So that tells me like, but if she comes in and and, and use her wrestling, I think she can find a finish. I think I think she can find a finish for the Cynthia, but it's risky. That's gonna pay. That ninety two hundred is gonna be the best or the fucking worst, probably. Yeah, I'm gonna spend the money, and this is another fight where I'm I'm waiting for those uh, bet online uh, prop bets because we may get a loopy one takedown prop bet because of, and yeah. I'll do the more on that because Wild of her averages. last fight. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll see what that looks like because I do think she'll come in and I think she'll wrestle and look to get that done. So uh, I'm going to wait for those prop bets to drop. Make sure if you're a premium member, you have your Discord linked so that on Friday, those drop on Fridays. On Friday, after those takedown prop bets drop, if we hit one, you will get the alert directly to your phone. Those last minute Friday props, those lines move quick, right? There's about a 10 minute window where you can hit them before they start to take off because there is no sharp, right? Where are the sharps when it comes to those lines because they drop very publicly. It's only one book that has them and then they immediately start moving. So we want picks.com $10 to become a member. That's a whole month. I think we have six weeks of events lined up. So $10 will get you four weeks worth of freaking events and everything under the sun. Let me mess with this real quick. I mean, I'm just going to do no video. Okay. Ooh, hey, me holding a grill. How you doing, pal? That actually is what a lot you, better. What are you eating? Now the camera's... Now, now the, oh, oh, there it is. What are you it eating? Was, it was actually a lot better when you had... No, it's still uh, framey. I don't know why it's so framey. It is what it is. I have full gig up and down. It's got to be the right. like a camera input issue is what it, it feels like. It's almost like, um, and I know you don't have OBS open, but yeah. like if you have it in like two different spots, it'll start lagging frames. But it, it is what it is. I got full gig internet. Well, yours fixed when you left and came back. Mine was I never the issue. So okay. <laughs> you can deflect all you want. <laughs> Let me try one like last Like in the thing. Discord today. I didn't even do anything. You just started attacking me. I was just alerting you that people were calling you a fucking fat ass in the Discord. I wanted you to be able to defend yourself. So I just tagged you in this guy's post, and then you just start, like, started throwing obscenities at me for no reason. It's misguided just, anger. I don't know what it is. I just needed still, you to know. You're still worried about your, your parents' divorce. I just needed you to know that I could uh, beat your ass. But we don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true. 99 cent super chat from Russell Ranchino. Thank you very much, Russell. And a dollar ninety-nine super chat from Lymph. Can you explain Bet Online's withdrawal process? It's the same as the deposit. So Jacob and I use crypto because it's the easiest and the fastest. Um, and you just do withdrawal. You put in your crypto address and bingo bongo, there's your money. Very, very simple. But uh, crypto is always the easiest with the offshore books, and they will give you all sorts of deposit bonuses every time, not just your first deposit, but every single time because um, they want to deal with crypto as well. So just get yourself a Coinbase if you don't have one. It's free. It'll give you an ad. Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know what he had to do with anything. He made your body so weird that it would make those horrific sounds on camera. Is that your theory? Because I, mean, I think my parents were fucking. What? Well, you said Jesus made me, but I think my parents were the ones that made me. They got oh, down and dirty. Okay. Valentine's um, Day, 1985. 86, I guess. 
Was it Valentine's Day? Uh, October. nine months from your birthday? October. Oh, yeah. Might have been. My yeah. sister's uh, September. I'm <laughs> October, so. Turn of the year. It gets cold in Indiana in the wintertime. <laughs> hey, that. It gets cold in Indiana in the wintertime. Mm. Oh, jeez. Well, good for you. Good for your parents. You know what I mean? Good for him. Good for him. I mean, good for them, huh? I mean, look at this. Is it? Next up at UFC 287, we have Gerald Mearshart taking on Joe Pfeiffer. I say Pfeiffer, and somebody is like, this is ridiculous. There's a P. Why is everybody saying Pfeiffer? This is absurd. Relax. Relax. Joe Pfeiffer is 10-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in his last five, coming off two big knockouts in a row. And he's taking on Gerald Mearshart, 35-15. and 15. He is 4-1, though, in his last five. He's coming off that submission win over Bruno Silva. And this is another interesting fight to break down and another tricky fight with sort of mid-level odds here because Joe Pfeiffer... Pretty good everywhere, right? We've seen him knocking people out cold on the Contender Series. You're going to see a, a loss uh, on his Contender Series record or the, in the, in his last five there, that one loss. He broke his arm. Dude broke his arm, nursed Against it back to health. Dustin Stolfus, too, former yeah. of the week. Like, go. broke it in half, nursed it back to health, came back, knocked two people out in a row, now he's making his official UFC debut. He isn't just a power puncher, though. He can wrestle. And he's got some grappling. You don't see very much of it because he doesn't need it because his hands are solid. But he's a pretty well-rounded guy. He's taking on Gerald Mearshart. Gerald Mearshart is, let's say, was a jiu-jitsu nerd. He seems to have graduated beyond that. But he's a very, very dangerous jiu-jitsu guy. Very, very dangerous guy. His takedowns do kind of suck, which always drive me nuts. But his striking doesn't suck. It's been long enough, you know. You feel like you, you learn by now. They can't be that hard, don't. right? I mean, it they can't be that don't. hard, right? <laughs> it's not. It That's really, what I'm saying. Really I feel not. like if you gave me <laughs> nine, ten months, I could figure out a pretty decent takedown. At least have one go too. Yeah, you know, which something. Isn't, which isn't you diving. Not just leaning over and like hoping that somebody falls. I mean, it's going to take more than nine or ten months. But Jared Mearshart is 35 I mean, this and was 15. made nine, ten months, and this, it turned out great. <laughs> The dude has 50 professional fights and still is only taking people down at a 30%, 37% accuracy. And and he typically needs to get it to the ground to win the fight. But I say former jiu-jitsu nerd because his striking actually has been pretty decent lately. And everybody wants to talk about he's got no chin, he's got no chin. And yes, in 2020, he was knocked out back-to-back first-round knockout losses. But since then, his chin seems to be holding up. He's coming off that win over Bruno Silva. Dude, Bruno Silva is one of the hardest hitters in this division. And he was able to not only survive, but won some of those striking exchanges and then got the submission late. He didn't get the submission in the first round. He was toe-to-toe with Bruno Silva for a while. before and he got it by dropping him, too. I mean, it yeah. wasn't a takedown. It was, I mean, he basically could have just TKO'd him. He was like, he's Gerald Meeshart, so he's like, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> No, so it's not um, the, the the narrative of Gerald Mearshart has no chin. I get it. And in 2020, that was a solid narrative. 2021, okay, makes sense. But we're well past that now, and his chin has been holding up. I still think Joe Pfeiffer wins, but I don't think he's necessarily just going to flatline Gerald Mearshart the same way Hamzat did. 
I think Joe Pfeiffer wins because he's a good wrestler. He's got good enough grappling to not get submitted, and we know he's going to be the better striker. That's why I think Joe wins. But he's a little too green for me, and Gerald has defied the odds before. So I'm going to leave it be because I would have I would have assumed Bruno Silva was going to take Gerald's head off his body. So you know, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't want to take the risk and then have Joe lose the same way Bruno Silva did because they're somewhat similar, honestly. But Joe's the pick. He's got good wrestling. Powerful hands, good enough jujitsu to avoid whatever submissions Gerald's going to throw up. So Joe's absolutely going to be the pick here, but uh, I'm a little little hesitant with the bets. What do you think? Uh, he's got some baby blues on him, doesn't he? They're hiding. No, I'm but talking about there. Gerald. Oh, yeah, those aren't hiding. Those are, uh, those are out there. Those are piercing. So Gerald, good for you on that. Um, let me say for the record... And I think this is actually important for the breakdown. I went into this fight looking for reasons to pick Gerald Mearshart because I don't think that Joe Piper, I think there is a lot of hype behind this guy. So I agree. I think people think he's overrated, this and that. I went into this fight looking for reasons to pick Gerald Mearshart, and I came out of my breakdown with Joe Piper as one of my more confident picks on this card because when you watch that tape against uh, the Gerald Mearshart-Bruno Silva fight, Bruno Silva looked a little bit slow in that fight, and a lot of his strikes were a, a lot of hooks, right? A lot of power shots. I mean, looping shots, big hooks, looked a little bit slow. And Gerald, to his credit, was defending those. When he when he's when he's defending in his striking defense, it is kind of hands at his hips, and he doesn't, it's not head movement and it's not slipping, you know, left to right, you know, ducking under. It is just very just slow, methodical out of the way, just kind of leaning off to the left, off to the right, which well and dandy because when Bruno was throwing those shots, those big hooks, boom. I mean, they were just missing, just missing. But you see what happens when somebody throws shots just straight down the pipe. And that's how I believe Joe Piper is going to win this fight. And I think he does throw those strikes. It's straight down the pipe. And it's ones and twos, and it is fast, and it is hard down the middle. And that's exactly what Chimaev did to Gerald Mearshart. He pinned him against the fence. Gerald was doing the little wheel, you know, this and that, tried to lean out of the way, and that shot got there a lot faster than he thought it was going to get there. I think Ger- uh, Joe Piper... Can, can knock this dude out. I think Gerald is slow with his head movement, and Piper's got good enough hands, and he doesn't get too over-aggressive. That's the only thing that's, that worries me a little bit, is that he headhunts a little bit too much. He gets a little bit too aggressive, because then Gerald can time takedowns. He did it against Bruno. Bruno got a little aggressive. He timed the takedown. He can do that off aggression, but I think Joe stays in the pocket, stays there, ones and twos, straight down the pipe, and uh, puts Gerald away. But Gerald's always going to be live on the ground. So if it goes to the ground, who knows? I hear you, and um, well, first of all, you, you managed to call him Joe Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, and Piper. Congratulations on that. Thank you. But uh, and what are you still eating? We're forty six minutes into this. What are you eating? I'm eating Star Patch Kids, the big ones. The big. <laughs> Congrats. Um. Anyway, I think we're on the same page here. I don't. I don't trust Joe. Uh, necessarily enough with my money because he is a little green. Um, and DraftKings, there's a lot of people that just are positive Gerald Mearshart is going to win this any way that he wants to. The comment section of our Quick Pick videos is 90% Gerald Mearshart. Yeah, and I, I think he's he's just one of those guys that has that kind of fan base. I guess. I literally wanted to pay. I was like, yes, I'm going to. I was looking for reasons to make Gerald Mearshart my fucking lock of the week. I was like, yeah, this would be awesome. You know, the rebound, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he's going to get put out. 
<laughs> so I, I agree. I think Joe's going to win. I don't know if it's going to be put out or any of that nonsense, but I, I do think Joe is going to win $8,700 in DraftKings. I actually think I will do that because, you know, I, I think he'll win for sure. And I, I think he can score pretty well, even if it's not just a quick knockout. And $8,700 is not $9,000, right? So if you're on the Gerald Mearshart side, though, well, then, hey, you're going to get this guy at plus 165. And uh, good good luck because he's dangerous. He could technically win by submission. He just did in his last fight. But I just think Joe is a little too good of a wrestler, too good of jiu-jitsu defense, and we know he's got insane power. And this is the last time I'm trusting that area gym. I think he. I don't think he's at the, the Henzo Gracie in Philly, but I know he trains with those guys, Pat Sabatini, uh, Jeremiah Wells, Sean Brady, all those guys. They've all let me down. So if he gets knocked out by Jeremy Shark, I'm done with everyone from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, all of you guys. <laughs> I'm done with you all if he embarrasses me again. There was a wild streak there where that gym was undefeated, best gym in the country. All of them are undefeated in the UFC. They all and just then, shit strikers. And then immediately, it was like even even yeah. somebody in the in the comments was like, Jeremiah Wells is a good fighter. He is a shit striker. I mean, he just cocks things back and just like this. It's terrible striking. They're all terrible striking. I hear you. I listen. I complete. It was, Sean Brady was outstruck by Bilal Muhammad. Shh. Like, very outstruck by Just Bilal jab, Muhammad. jab. It's like, move your fucking head. There was a fight. I mean, that was that was the, the Preston Parsons fight, the lock of the week. against uh, that, that, The only thing I was worried about in that fight was that he was just going to keep walking into the jab. And I said it over and over again. Don't walk into the jab. Get to, I'm on the stream doing a live stream. I'm like, just move your fucking head. Move side to side. Move your head. He's just like, oh, just move your fucking head. It drives me insane. Well, speaking of not moving your head, look at this transition. Boom! Chase Sherman has never moved his head once in a fight. That's a That's great true. transition. He was uh, training with um, on the embedded with uh, Gilbert Burns, which is interesting, I guess. Not training with them, but I, think, I guess he's at uh, wherever that place is. That's, he moved down Sanford. the... Yeah, it's been renamed because they got a sponsorship. But it's Henry Hoof. He was there yeah. at least. Next up at UFC 287, we have Carl Williams stepping up on short notice. Uh, he fought what two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like ago. that. A month ago. A month ago. All right, it's been a little bit long, but there's no weight cut here. He is a heavyweight, and he's taking on Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman's original opponent, Chris Barnett, is off the card, and now we have this matchup. Chase Sherman, 16 and 11 overall, only one and four in his last five. He is coming off that loss to Waldo. Cortez, Carl Williams, eight and one overall, five and zero in his last five, and he's coming off his first official UFC win. Carl Williams is a powerful striker. He's just always looking to send that big right hand, and he sends everything with power. But he does manage to keep those strikes straight, right? I criticized him a little bit last time, talking about how they're somehow telegraphed, even though they're not telegraphed. Like he doesn't cock them back, but it's almost obvious that they're coming. But he sends those, and he sends them hard right up the middle. When he sees that you're hurt, and I love this about him, he's going to pounce. He's going to try to get the finish. And if he doesn't, he's going to back up, reset, and go from there. He's not just going to exhaust himself chasing something that's not there. He does have that high fight IQ, and he does have a solid wrestling background. He had eight takedowns against Lucas Bresky in his UFC debut and three on the Contender Series against Jimmy Lawson. Chase Sherman, we've broken this guy down 100 times before. This guy's a gamer, and this fight 
speaks volumes to him as a fighter, right? Everybody talks about anywhere, anytime, anybody. Chase Sherman lives that life. That's he, he literally he fought Alexander Romanov on on like a week's notice, taking on Carl Williams. Chase Sherman went from a minus two fifty favorite to a plus three fifty underdog. He could have just said no. That's what Michael Chiesa did. Michael so Chiesa for Saturday night in Miami. He's like, oh, I, oh, I'm getting paid to go to Miami. Okay. <laughs> no Michael problem. Chiesa turned down like 11 opponents because all of them were just a little too good for him, but not Chase Sherman. So that speaks volume to who Chase Sherman is, and he fights like that. He fight. He will come forward, throw a bunch of punches, stay in your face. He's not going to move his head, but he is going to throw out an insane amount of volume. He lands more than six significant strikes per minute, which at heavyweight is a very high number. But he does have a negative striking differential. Stupid tough. Not great at anything, but he is very, very large for this weight class. I think Carl Williams is going to get this done. I think he's going to sort of walk through Chase Sherman, similar to how um, Waldo Cortez did. I think Carl is just going to out-technique him on the feet. He's going to have more power, but Chase is a hard guy to get out of there. And I think he's going to work in the takedowns. Chase does have solid takedown defense, but Romanov was able to exploit it a little bit. I think Carl Williams will do the same. So Carl Williams is absolutely going to be the pick here, but all the respect in the world to Chase Sherman. I mean, this guy, he's probably going to get cut after this, but he shouldn't, right? He just keeps doing what the company wants him to do. What do you think? Well, he's been cut before, and he's he's back again. He is, yeah. uh, I don't know if you counted, but his UFC record is 4-10. and 10. Total in the <laughs> UFC, so not great, but um, at heavyweight, they need those people because it seems like those fights drop the most. They need those people that will step up, so he is a company guy, and they uh, they like to take care of company guys, and this is one of those this is one of those company moments to uh, to kind of show off the uh, the prospect in Carl Williams, because I think Carl Williams can be a prospect in this heavyweight division. You mentioned the power, the striking, the tenacity. I love the, the don't quit in him. I mean, he is an absolute dog. Even when he is winning, you still see that dog in him. The only question mark that we have for Carl Williams up to this point. The only like little bit of a red flag is his cardio. But you like to see that he gets tired and he works through it. I mean, he's not one of those guys that, oh my God, if he gets tired, he's going to quit. We see it with Romanov, right? Romanov's an absolute pussy. He gets, he gets tired and he just quits. <laughs> Carl Williams, even when he gets tired, is still going to be pushing forward. He's still going to try to look for the finish. And he is a finish. So the reason he gets tired is not because he's just getting tired. It's because he is always aggressive. He is always trying to chase the finish. And he is mauling people on the ground. And I see the same thing happening in this fight. I mean, I think it's an easy double leg. Pick him over his head. Slam him down. I think he's due for a finish. He should have had him in the last two fights. I don't even know how he didn't get finishes in his last two fights. I think he's able to find a finish here. The only question mark is, you know, if it does get into the second round, into the third round, Carl Williams, maybe he gets a little bit gassed. Chase is able to throw on volume because he's a volume guy himself, not really a power puncher, but I don't think it gets there. I think the first takedown, Carl really, really gets that finish, and uh I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. And he watched the channel last time. He, he appreciated my breakdown last time because oh, I, I, right. I was all about him uh, going in that, that breast fight because he, he out-wrestled a Penn State heavyweight wrestler, just ragged all that dude. I'm like, he's going to do it again. That's what he does. I think he does the same thing here. What's up, Carl? Yeah, he commented on the breakdown saying, thanks for the support, Jacob. Jacob, meaning not Angelo. Oh, very specifically not, not Yeah, you were not I very wasn't. high on him. No, I, I, was, I was not. I was not. You bet on, on uh, Lucas, right? Uh, I don't remember. I may. I don't remember if I bet I on remember, him. I can't remember either. I can't remember pretty, if I bet pretty, on yeah, him. But I, you're pretty high on him. I was. Turns out Lucas sucks. Um. Anyway, we're both on the Carl Williams side. I do. I. You know, and and um, 
this isn't a slight to Chase Sherman because Chase Sherman, he fights for your money. He will go out there. He will also not quit. Just keep coming forward, bombing away, anybody, anywhere, anytime. But, you know, at a certain point, some people are just better. And Carl Williams is just better than Chase Sherman. But I, the couldn't, I honestly is, couldn't believe when I break When I broke down this fight, I'm like, yeah, Carl's going to win. And then I saw minus 500, and I was like, Jesus, for like a short notice, you know, just about yeah. a month ago. Heavyweights, heavyweights, heavyweights yeah. always get weird when stuff happens with that. And, and Chase has been around, man. I mean, he, he takes losses, but he's he's been around. He, so, Well, and, and in Chase's defense, that one win in that last four, he knocked out Jared Van Derek Cold. Knocked him out. Put him out. Got it done. It's like, all right, he beat who he's supposed to beat. So, anyway, we're both on the Carl Williams side. I am going to spend the 9500 in DraftKings. Honestly, I think my two most confident people on this entire card are Carl Williams and Ignacio Bahamandes. Opposite sides, opposite sides of the short notice spectrum, but I think they're the two safest. That is not the safety parlay. So, anybody wondering what the premium member safety parlay is, that is not it. I did not put both of them. No, that's not the base. Carl Williams and Ignacio money line. But that's probably a pretty safe parlay in and of itself. If you do want to unlock the safety parlay and the rest of our bets, we want picks.com. It's only $10 a month. You'll get all the bets, all the picks. We do round line leans. So we're going to say over, under, the one and a half, two and a half. You're going to get our confidence for every single fight. We're going to give you the pick, how confident we are on that pick, the round line. You're also going to get the DraftKings optimizer, the fan duel plays. Everything you could ever imagine, line movement tracker, all sorts of data to find your own spots. Weonpicks.com at the top. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. And it's we kind do of hard have to a, believe. It, it really is. I've said this a million times, but I, I now, literally— the more I, the more I think about it, I'm a, li- I'm a little bit pissed off because I think that— We should, we should be charging more. I think, I, think we should, I think that should be a $25 product. It 100%, should. So we're going to have— It'll, we're having a little talk. It'll never be more than 10. I'm telling you. We're going to have a little talk. I want to bury. I'll take the backlash. I will bury everybody in this space. I literally want to. You hear to that, create... motherfuckers? I, yeah. <laughs> I, and I've extended. And I just all... want to be your friend. So Listen, here's a peek behind the curtain. I've extended. I don't know who some... any of you guys are, but, because uh, I don't watch anything, but. He doesn't. I've extended olive branches to people. I've been like, hey. This is our premium. Here's our numbers. We're doing insane numbers. Our website does 260,000 hits a month at a six-minute average. And I've extended olive branches. Guys, There's gonna be you're not going to be able to sell your product for much longer. Not when I'm selling this for $10. Why don't you come over? I'll give you a base salary and commission on everything you sell. Why don't you come over? Some said yes. We're rolling them out now. Some said no. The people who said no, it's it's going to be a cold, <laughs> cold Get winter. Get descriptive. Get descriptive. It's going to be What's a cold winter. $10 from Prominent Talent. Thanks for the great content. Best duo on YouTube. Prominent, thank you very much. He is like the biggest Instagram supporter for sure. 100% likes everything. That's all we could ask. Thank you very much. Genuinely appreciate it. We have more. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Four ninety nine from Sam Pierce. Sam Pierce looking dummy thick, Mister Salamander and Angelo, up three hundred on DraftKings by using their premium 
just last card. Sign up. $10 is beyond a steal. Thank you, guys. Sam Pierce, my man, Pots and Pants. Thank you very much for that. And I a lot of people a lot of people want to come in here and copy-paste the bets, but the reality is between the DraftKings Optimizer and all the other DraftKings content as well, there's a lot. There's we, a lot We help there. you succeed is what we do. We help you find success in this world. 100%. Hey, uh, Miami, the safety parlay is already up. It's been up for, I don't know, a couple days. It's on my page. That's my thing. Go to my page. You'll see it's got its own section. You'll see all my bets. You'll see the whole picks chart under that, I believe, is the safety parlay. Somewhere. It's on my page. It's a safety parlay. You probably can't see up. the Joey T thing, so I'll read it. Uh, he is a member for 23 months now, which is almost two years. Almost two years. Um, he said, whoever hasn't joined the family yet, what are you waiting on? We Want Picks is the best of the best, and nobody can be what I have within an hour a month. And that's how Joey T sounds at the end there. Hey, you doing? I'm in, the, I'm in my parents' basement hanging out. Joey. Hey, Joey. Hey. Sangoich. Hey. Sangoich. Throw some salami on me. There it is. There it is. Pepperoni nipples. Okay. Uh, next up at UFC 287, we have Michelle Waterson Gomez. That's been added for some reason. Taking on Luana Pinero. Michelle Waterson Gomez, 18 and 10 overall. One and four in her last five. She is coming off that disappointing loss to Amanda Lamos. She's taking on Luana Pinera, 10 and one overall. Five and oh in her last five. She's riding a nice eight fight win streak. This is another tough fight because... Michelle Waterson, the karate Smoking hot. Sometimes. Well, like this haircut? I mean, no. This haircut, no. Jesus Christ. Right now, she is. And uh, Mr. Gomez, what, what's, her, what's her other name? <laughs> Gomez, yeah. She should have, I mean, she should have married Aaron, Ian Gary is what she should have thought. I mean, because she could have just, kept her, yeah. name, she <laughs> just kept, her, kept her name. But, uh, uh, yeah, she's looking good. Oh, that was the end of that. All right. Well, <laughs> Michelle Watterson, uh, a.k.a. the Karate Hottie, she's, she is talented. She's a striker. First and foremost, she is a striker. She has been doing this for 15 years. She's got a ton of cage time, and she's fought some of the best to ever do it. She's fought multiple champions, Carla Esparza, Rose, Joanna Jerjacek. She is a slick striker. She uses kicks and distance really well. She does have some offensive wrestling. She's got 21 takedowns in her last 14 fights. Even though she only has a 33% accuracy. She's coming off that submission loss to Amanda Lamoche where she looked pretty good early. She landed more total strikes, more significant strikes, and eventually got a takedown. But she did get sucked up and submitted. She's taking on Luana Panera. Luana Panera is a powerful striker. Solid takedowns of her own. She averages almost five per fight at a 77% clip. And she lands just as many significant strikes per minute. High volume fighter. She's got knockdowns in two of her three UFC fights. She's coming off that decision decision win over Sam Hughes, where she basically just beat her everywhere. Luana should win, right? Luana's got great wrestling. What are you looking at? Are you looking at Michelle Waterson's Instagram? Yeah. Is that really what you're doing? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, so why'd you come up with that big surprise face when I said, what are you doing? You're just in your happy place? Is that, is that the, all this Lost is? in the sauce. Yeah, I hear you. Just lost in the please, sauce. Please keep the sauce in your pants. 
Okay. I get see that haircut, yes, the one on screen, no. I don't I actually don't mind the uh the high and sassy look. I bet you don't. She looks like she's gonna ask for the manager. I mean, some of the something. some of the two hottest girls ever were probably were, were bald. I mean, GI Jane and then Natalie Portman and Viva Vendetta, smoking hot, both bald. Jada Pinkett Smith, big bald look. Anyway, <laughs> I don't uh, know where Will's coming from. In that <laughs> Will um, just coming in and smacks the fucking shit out of you. He's a big dude. Keep my wife's name. That's Mr. Gomez right now <laughs> to you. Anyway, Luana yeah, Panera. What's she going to do? Should, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what this guy looks <laughs> hold like. Hold on. Yeah, let me, hold on, let me go back to the uh, Instagram here. Luana Panera should win this fight. She should have the better wrestling. She should have the more powerful striking. But Michelle Watterson has all that veteran savvy. And even in the Amanda Lamoche fight, she was winning that fight. She was doing well in that fight. And oh, you're not worried about him? Nah, come on. Wait, is that her dad? No, I think that's him. That looks like a Gomez. He looks like uh, just a regular guy, good which is good him. for me. Yeah, well, more so for him. But anyway, Luana should win this fight. And pick-wise, she's probably going to be the pick here. But Michelle Waterson is going to be very live here because she has all that veteran savvy. She will be the better overall striker, not the more powerful striker, but she'll have the better striking technique. She should be faster on her feet. And again, yes, she's on this skid, right? One in four in her last five. But the Amanda Lamoche fight, she was winning. And her other losses are to very, very good fighters. So Luana's going to be the pick because I think just they're just at different points in their career and they're on different trajectories. But Michelle's going to be a very, very live underdog here, and I would avoid Luana in your uh, in your parlays. I don't think too many people are going to parlay her because she's not a massive favorite. She's coming off a little bit of a layoff here, but um, Luana's the pick. Michelle Waterson, dumb live in this fight. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so just like I said, this is very important. Just like I said, I went into the Gerald fight, and I was looking for reasons to pick Gerald, and I ended up picking way, way against him. I went in this fight just kind of to solidify my pick in Luana, because Luana's my girl. If you guys watch, I mean, she's absolutely my girl. But she is one of those rare girls that I, one of the rare ones that I have respect for, because I respect her relationship, because her and uh, Matthias Nicolau are absolutely adorable together. I think they're they're the power couple. I think Nicolau can be the champion very, 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 very soon. He's very, very good. So I do respect the relationship. I don't step on any toes. But she was my girl, because she is tough as shit, man. She is a finisher. She gets in there. She throws girls around. But the way that she does that is that her wrestling sucks, her jiu-jitsu is okay, her striking's average, it is all judo all the time, and it is almost every single takedown is one of those headlock takedowns that works against low-level girls, and you've seen it, and that's why she has so many finishes, she just throws them down, she just submits them, TKOs, or whatever it is, but pretty much every single takedown she has is judo. And I have to I have to imagine that Michelle knows that. She's very experienced. She's very well-rounded everywhere to stay out of the clinch. And if Michelle is able to stay out of the clinch, I think she dominates this fight. I mean, she is the much better striker than Luana in this matchup. So listen, listen to what I said. I'm a Luana fan. I was going to pick her blindly. I said, let me watch some film just to make sure to, that I'm doing the right thing here. And I flipped completely. I think Michelle Watterson can dominate this fight. Maybe get a takedown or two. You mentioned the Lamos fight. She looked fantastic in that fight. She was getting takedowns. She doesn't look like she's lost a step at all. Even in the losses, she's still like she's training hard on her Instagram. I look at the Instagram every night. She looks like she's training hard. She's sweating a lot. It's incredible. 
I'm going with Michelle Waterson because I just don't think Luana's going to get those judo takedowns, and I, I, I think that's all she's got. I think that's all she's got. She's tough, and she can hit hard, but I think Michelle's the better striker, and I think it's mostly striking, and I think she uh, kind of dominates this fight, honestly. Yeah, listen, I'm not gonna do- I'm not gonna dog you for that. I'm not gonna disagree with you because I think Michelle Waterson's very, very live. Frankly, I think age and career trajectory for me are probably maybe they're playing more of a factor in it than they should. Well. And I forgot the biggest part is she- Luana is coming off major knee surgery. She's she had a long layoff, major knee surgery. That's why she's been out. We just saw what happened with Casey O'Neill. Came in of major knee surgery. Came in and looked absolutely flat. Looked a step behind. And Luana is a girl that needs her athleticism. She's a very athletic person. Coming off the knee surgery, you just don't know how people are going to react. Another question mark. Red flag. Boom. Michelle, how you doing? <laughs> I, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue it because if Michelle loses to Luana Panera, Luana like that'll be the lowest level loss so far right of her last five ten years or whatever it is right right so i i'm with you again i think it's more career trajectory than anything uh, that's sort of leaning uh for my pick where it's like michelle waterson's older got a couple losses probably just starting to slow down and just you know let me show up get my checks and hang out for a bit i don't know if she's just trying to vie for that title still but Ultimately, hard. I mean, she's working hard. I bet. I hard. bet. I mean, it is. I'm like, mm. Okay. She's going to be the better striker. She's, she's going to be the better striker, not the more powerful striker. And if Luana gets her down, she's going to have a little bit of trouble. So Jacob and I are split on this. Very, very low. Premium members, you see all the picks and the confidence level. This is a very low confidence pick mm. for me. And you'll see Jacob's confidence level mm. mm-hmm. on his. What? Dude. No, I'm talking about the confidence level. I'm not no. even on the Instagram anymore. I'm just there's some confidence level on my side. I tell you that. We want picks.com at the top. Click become a member. It is only ten dollars a month, and you will unlock literally everything. Next up at UFC two eighty. What are you laughing at? That's an awful picture of Kelvin, man. That is a bad picture. That's that looks like official. Romanov. That literally looks like they photoshopped Romanov that just showed up. It looks like they photoshopped Kelvin's face, dude. Kelvin, I'm, I would, I would get your media team on that quick. That's the official oh. UFC picture, and Jesus. and that picture will play into this breakdown. This is the man we're working with. This man, this man right here, Kelvin Gastelum taking on Chris Curtis in the. Featured prelim fight, which Chris Curtis is not happy about. It very vocal, very pissed off. He figured it out though. He he kind of backed off it originally because of because it's mostly because Raul's on the on the main card. He's like yeah, this yeah, 18, yeah. 18, 19 year old kid. But I think he once he realized what the because this is a, a one of the bigger spots on the card. You've mentioned it time and more all the people time. watch the prelims yeah. than the actual pay per view. Right, this like, is like the main no event for the people that don't want to pay for the pay per view, which is a lot of yeah. people. So. Yeah, way more people watch the free hope, fights. It, and, they, and you've said this too. This isn't my words. These are your words, but I'll say them for you. You mentioned that you're, they're, they set up these fights to try and sell the pay-per-view. So they want yeah. a fun, exciting fight. So they trust these guys to be fun, exciting. So it really is a kind of a tip of a cap more than an insult to be the feature prelim for a pay-per-view. Yeah, and, and unless you're fighting for a title or main event, you're not getting a cut of the pay-per-view money anyway. So it's just a prestige thing to be on a pay-per-view main card, but... Right. You're going to get more eyes on you here. But anyway, Kelvin Gastelum taking on Chris Curtis. Kelvin Gastelum, 17-8 and eight overall. 1-4 in his last five. 
coming off back-to-back main event losses. He's taking on Chris Curtis, 30-9 overall, 4-1 and one in his last five, and he's coming off that performance of the night win over Joaquin Buckley, and this is an interesting fight. The line you can see flipped. Line moving tracker, very important in this fight. The line was slowly tightening, tightening, tightening. I bet it while it was tightening, and now it's just flipped, full-on flipped. Kelvin Gastelum went from plus 145 underdog to minus 128 favorite. And I don't know if the line's going to rebound, honestly. I guess the the weigh-ins actually may affect it. If Kelvin Gastelum looks in shape at weigh-ins, it might keep going. If he looks like this picture at weigh-ins, that line's going to go right back to where it came from. But anyway, Kelvin Gastelum, I've mentioned this 1,000 times. He's a giant waste of talent. This dude has hands. He has wrestling. He has an iron chin. He has everything except work ethic. He should be a 170-pounder. Instead, he's a soft 85-pounder who doesn't really put in the time, missed weight more than, I think he's missed weight three or four different times, and he's just not dedicated to his career. He's the type of guy that is naturally talented, so never really had to work hard. And that's what you're going to get with Calvin Gaslam. And he's taking on Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is a very clean boxer. Very, very good takedown defense. Solid power in his hands. Nice, clean, short shots. And, you know, he is coming off that win over Joaquin Buckley where he was out-volumed. But then he put it together, got that knockout halfway through the second round. And on their best days, Calvin Gaslam's best day versus Chris Curtis's best day, Calvin Gaslam wins that fight 10 out of 10 times. But we haven't seen Kelvin Gaslam's best day in years. In years. And that was a loss. Yeah. Yeah, it was a loss to Izzy. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, Chris Curtis is also a 170-pounder. So they're they're two 170-pounders fighting at 85. But the difference is... Chris Curtis looks like this at 185. He's in he shape. Bigger than that. I mean, he looks. Yeah. Once he once he starts getting that high guard up and those shoulders start filling up, that guy is fucking jacked. Like Holy he, shit. he he earned his way up to 85. Where Kelvin just is like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not cutting weight. I'm not doing what I need to do. So Chris Curtis is going to be the pick. I do have a money line bet on him, and I'll tell you, it's not as good as you're going to get right now. And the reason I like Chris Curtis in this fight is because. We know he's going to be the more powerful striker, right? He's got those short, small hooks that are putting people out. He should be the better, faster, cleaner boxer as well. He's definitely not going to be the better wrestler, but his takedown defense is so freaking good. And Calvin Kelvin Gastelum is not wrestling nearly as much as he should. So I think Chris Curtis is just winning these striking exchanges, potentially defending takedown attempts from a little bit too far away. So... Chris Curtis is the pick. I have a money line bet on Chris Curtis. I I would love to hear from all the people driving the Kelvin Gastelum line why they're betting on him, why he's their favorite. But I also, I I think I'm at 500 or less picking Chris Curtis fights. So hopefully that's not the case here. But, you know, we, we got a guy who doesn't try hard, doesn't work as hard as he should, who's on a bit of a skid, Versus a guy whose only loss in the UFC was when he took a fight on a week's notice on the other side of the world after a full-blown three-round war. So, Chris Curtis to pick, Chris Curtis to bet. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I'm a big Chris Curtis fan. And 
if he loses, I'm bro- I'm, I'm, I'm broke. I mean, I'm, I'm locked and loaded on Chris Curtis, but there's a reason for that. I, I've been on Chris Curtis before in the Brendan Allen breakdown. I said if Brendan Allen stands with the guy, he's going to get knocked out. Exactly what happened. In the Phil Hall's breakdown, I said if he stands with him, he's going to get knocked out. Every single person that stands and engages with Chris Curtis gets knocked out. You saw him struggle against Rodolfo at times because Rodolfo is not really like a striker. Right? He's a low volume. He just kind of take his time. So Chris Curtis wasn't able to find the timing and find enough counter shots to knock him out. Jack was the same way. In and out, dancing around, wouldn't engage in Chris Curtis. Every single person that engaged with Chris Curtis gets knocked out because he is so good at making those reads finding the rhythm of the shots. You'll see the numbers for Buckley, and I don't disagree that Buckley was out volume, right? But it wasn't like these These were almost all arm shot, landing on the arms, boom, because he's got such a high guard that he's able to just absorb these shots without actually absorbing them, find the timing, and once he gets the timing down, he just knocks every single person out that engaged with them. And Kelvin Gassum, to his credit, is a guy that does engage. I mean, that's exactly why they put these guys together, because Kelvin is a guy that will get in your face, he will strike, and when he strikes, he leaves him himself open to counters because his hands are low. That's just the way he strikes. He's a good striker, a good wrestler, but he does leave himself open to opportunities. Yes, he's never been knocked out. Just because you have never been knocked out doesn't mean you can't get knocked out. Kevin Gaslam's getting hit as much as anybody, gets dropped all the time. I think Chris Curtis can put him out. I don't think he needs to. I think there's a big kind of cloud over this whole fight that, oh, Chris Curtis has to get a KO to win. And Kelvin's never been knocked out, so I can't pick Chris Curse. Chris Curse can do enough damage in this fight with, without the, the volume of Kelvin um, to win that fight. But I, I think he can find a knockout. I think there's a great, great matchup. There's a reason why I'm locked and loaded on Chris Curtis for this. I don't think that Kelvin's going to be able to take him down. Kelvin's going to engage. Chris is going to be behind. And then he's going to catch him either once or twice to you know win a decision or put him out. So I'm uh, me and you, Chris. Let's do this, baby. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, you and I are aligned on this. Obviously, I'm always a little nervous picking against Kelvin because he is so talented. He's so good. I Kelvin agree, Gasolini, and I will say that too. And I don't, I, you know, this might piss off Chris a little bit, but I think he is the more talented of the two fighters. I think you absolutely nail it. But but he just doesn't put in the he work. He just doesn't give and a shit. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. He just yeah. doesn't give a shit. And he's spending the week in Miami. He's like, okay, here we go. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And he just pulled out of a fight. Granted, he was he had a bad cut, but he just pulled out of a fight a little while ago. Like, he's had some wild up and downs, and he's misweighed a bunch of times. Like, the UFC has given him a lot of chances, and I think it's because he does step up on short notice a good amount. And, you know, he's borderline he's a, a name. Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, great, he's, he's great a company guy. Nights. And um, I think somebody was even mentioned that in that Discord. It's like every time he's misweighed, the UFC's been like, yeah, you know, try to do better next time. You know, there hasn't been really any repercussions or anything like that. Or. Um, so yeah, he's a good guy. I think everyone loves Kelvin. I don't. Nobody has an issue with Kelvin. Yeah, he just doesn't put in the work, and unfortunately, that's what uh, that's what we're seeing on his record here. So both of us on the Chris Curtis side. If you're on the Kelvin Gastelum side, then well, at this point, I would just wait till weigh-ins. Yeah, you might. Yeah, you might just because that. Tony, week in Miami, man. I mean, if they used to say really- they say that about um, NBA teams when they go to Atlanta, every time some people go to Atlanta, they just get fucking destroyed. The Pacers, when they went to Atlanta, because remember, you live in Indianapolis, right? And you get a night in Atlanta. <laughs> it's like our, our losing. I think there was a point from like 1995 to like 2015 where the Pacers were like seven and like 50 in Atlanta because the, the players went down there and just party all night and then showed up and tried to play the game uh, and got destroyed. The weigh-ins will be interesting for sure because if Kelvin Gastelum shows up with a six-pack, it's like, oh, oh, then maybe I hedge my it bet. It won't be as good as Chris's. Well, 
as long as it's better than this picture, then Kelvin Gastelum may be worth your dollars. Guys, make sure you're a premium member because we'll see what happens after those weigh-ins and could potentially adjust some bets accordingly. Go to wewonpicks.com. It's only $10 a month. And you're going to get all the picks, all the bets, fantasy plays, DraftKings Optimizer, all the things you could ever imagine for those $10. And we have a $5 super chat from Sam Pierce. Sam is working a 25-hour shift. He said, thank you for making it better. Mr. Salamander, are you doing another live fight stream Saturday? Is he a surgeon? He's probably a fireman, honestly. 25-hour shift. Um, mm. You can't have a surgeon working a 25-hour. You want that well, that's guy? That's why I'm like, 20? I don't know. Well, don't they? <laughs> no, because they they have they sleep at the hospital and stuff. Don't they go? I think they're surgeons that do 24-hour shifts. I think there's literally a guy on YouTube that did like a vlog for his 24-hour shift. Like you're in, you're on call in the hospital ready, like a trauma, uh, like an ER surgeon or something like that. And you take a nap, but if somebody shows up, you wake up, you go to go, you go to work. I think you get him in a twenty-three hour shift at twenty-three hours of a twenty-four hour shift. No, because it's not like you're staying up the whole time. You can sleep throughout if there's nothing going on. You can you see so take naps and stuff. So I think I assume fireman. I'm guessing fireman. Um, porn star. I don't just slanging it twenty-five hours, watching this. That's basically my. This weekends. is what gets him going. You're his fluffer. Mm. Do you edge? What? I don't know what you're asking, and I'm afraid to. It's a yes if, or no. I mean, it's it a, it's feels a like yes a trap. No. I, you don't again? engage in edging. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Probably it's just not. a yes or no. No, it's probably a no. I think it's something you should consider. I don't know what it is. It's probably a no. It's probably a no. Yeah, it's gonna be a no. I'm a non-edger. I uh, I've dabbled. No, oh, he's an RN, just like my wife. They let you work twenty five straight. They don't let. I don't. I mean, <laughs> he's I super. The last one is very, very bone chilling. I supervise a whole hospital. Hour twenty four. <laughs> this dude's walking around supervising a whole hospital. Yeah, they don't oh, let. Um, in her system, they don't let you work that many hours. They'll literally limit you. But you're not edging. Mistake. No edging. Mm. It literally is something you might want to. I think it could help. $2 super chat from my anus. <laughs> I am edging. Oh, shit. Man, we're, just... we're talking about this, and we got a 17-year-old on the screen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right in front of the kid. We're old, he hasn't even taken that class yet. He doesn't even know what the hell is going on. Do I need to Google edging? Yeah. This is insane. If you want I'm to. Not gonna, I'm not going to do it now. I mean, I'll do it right now. I'll get the I'll get the. I'll get the well, Start talking about Raul, and he, I bet he knows. Next up at UFC 287, we have Raul Rosas Jr. taking on Christian Rodriguez. Raul Rosas mm. Jr. You rolled on. I was waiting for the double roll with the Rodriguez, too. You know, I don't think he's as Hispanic as Raul. Anyway, Raul's undefeated at 7-0, and this is he's coming off of his first official UFC win so this is officially his second time in the cage, and he's only 18 years old. He's taking on Christian Rodriguez, 8-1 overall, 4-1 in his last five. Coming off that submission win over Josh Weems, Raul Rosas Jr. is a non-stop grappler. He's going to work the takedowns, work control like a second layer of skin. It's literally that simple. His striking's not that great, but we haven't seen that much of it. 
He's immediately going to start to wrestle, immediately start to hang on you. And when I say a second layer of skin, that's it. Or an eighth layer of skin, that's it. Like, he is hard to shake. Why'd you make that face? It's just a weird, it's just. It's a wrestling. Because so, when you start, uh, yeah, when you start saying, you know, when we're talking about, I had the definition if you want to just run through that real quick. No, let me finish this. And then, uh, so anyway, he's been in the cage 17 minutes. 14 of those minutes, he was in control. His striking definitely needs a little bit of work, but this guy sets an insane pace, constantly coming forward, but he is young and relatively inexperienced, even though he's got seven professional fights. Christian Rodriguez, slick striker, solid movement, good speed. He bounces between 35 and 45, but seems to be sticking around here at 35 because his only loss was up a weight class. He's got decent takedown at 56, takedown defense at 56%, but he has been taken down 10 times so far in the UFC, and I think it's literally that simple. I don't know why this line tightened. Christian Rodriguez has been taken down 10 times. Raul Rosas is looking, for take, is looking for takedowns and doesn't let people up. So I, it's literally that simple to me. I get it. He's young. He's untested, but Christian Rodriguez is also young. He's not like a 35-year-old true UFC vet. He's also young. I got Raul Rosas at minus 185. Mm. But this line is sort of all over the place. I don't know why it's mm. showing minus 250. It'll, I mean, I, the, the late money that's going to come in on Raul, I guarantee by the time his fight starts, he's minus 300. I mean, the late money that's going to come pouring in for the main card, I mean, it's going to be crazy. I guarantee he's minus 300, minus 350. Well, and I have a, a money line bet on him at minus 185. This does say it opened at minus 250. So it must have tightened, then ballooned back up, and I got it somewhere in between. That has been posted. They're for probably just trying members. to trap money on the Christian side, honestly. The early sharp could stuff. Be. Yep, it could be. So anyway, I, I think, I, like I said, he's been taken down 10 times. I think it is literally that simple. He's just going to get taken down, and Raul's going to do what he does. I don't necessarily think there's a stoppage. I think it's just a boring wrestle heavy win 17 minutes in the cage 14 of which were control time i see more of that what do you think jakey boy uh yeah i mean my favorite raul story is first of all he already said that he's on weight he's like 138 pounds he was like yeah last night i had pizza and something i woke up this morning i'm 138 pounds like jesus christ this kid this kid is unreal he could fight at 125 he wanted to probably but my favorite story is because this guy's a striker I mean, he is a striker. Yeah. He came up as a striker, and he said that his dad used to say when him and his brothers uh, would fight and stuff, the first one to shoot is a pussy. I mean, that's what his dad <laughs> used to say to him. Then he went into a grappling tournament, and he got outgrappled by the guy, and he was like, oh, my God, this is much easier. So he literally didn't even grow up. It's not like he's a lifelong wrestler, lifelong grappler. He's just that talented that he was, got outgrappled by a guy, and he was like, oh, I'll just start doing this. So that's why he just started wrestling and grappling. He's doing very good. The, the guy that he fought in the Contender Series was a very well-seasoned, very high-level grappler. And Raul, at 18 years old, was ragged on him. I mean, he was ragged on him. 17 on the Contender the, Series. The, 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 complete, yeah, the complete control was just an, incredible. It's amazing how fast he has picked this up. He's only going to get better and better. And you mentioned the deficiencies of Christian in the grappling. JSP was ragged on him. But I will say... And this is almost the same situation as the, the Jacqueline-Sam Hughes fight. If Christian Rodriguez were to stay safe, I agree. I think that he can stay safe and not get finished by Raul. But Christian 
does like to scramble. He's a good grappler. He knows what he's doing, so he will scramble. And you saw that against JSP. They got a lot of early, early scrambles, a lot of 50-50 positions. But against a guy like Raul, it's not going to be 50-50. He is so quick to get your back. And as Angie mentioned, once he's on your back, he does not leave your back. So it's the scrambling of Christian, just like the scrambling of Sam Hughes is going to get her in trouble. I think the same thing happens here. The takedown happens. He tries to scramble out of it, roll out of it. When he's scrambling, he's giving up his back. JSP was able to get his back a number of times. If Raul gets his back, I think it's going to be game, game over. So uh, I like Raul with the finish. I think it happens after the first takedown. Might take a little bit, but I think he gets a finish here. This kid is crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and I agree. And like I said, he's getting somebody with... His striking two. is an ass, by the way. Somebody says striking is an ass. It's, I mean, he's 18 years old, 19 years old. You know, It looks like a 19-year-old striker, but it's pretty good striking for what he is, you know? Well, and, and Christian Rodriguez is only 25 and only has two more fights than him. So... They seem to be doing it right. The problem is if he tears through Christian, there's only so many people he can tear through before they give him somebody really good. And then he's going to be too young, too inexperienced. But for now, I think uh, we can get him. I got him at an affordable price point. Minus 210 seems like an affordable price point for a nasty grappler who's fighting somebody who has been outgrappled several times. It's just literally that simple. It's literally for Christian Rodriguez to connect with a big you know, that big power shot, Raul's going to have to strike with him. And we haven't seen that yet. So why would we assume he's going to do it now? So Raul's absolutely the pick here. Um, I trust him to get it done. I will spend the $9,100 in DraftKings, especially the takedowns and control time are going to be insane. If he doesn't even win by finish, you're nodding. I'm assuming you agree with all the things. We want picks.com. Become a premium member. It's only $10 a month. And depending on what this looks like and what these odds are, Later in the week and what the props are on Friday when the takedown ones drop, I may uh, load up even more than the one-unit money line I already have. Next up, at UFC 287, we have Kevin Holland taking on Santiago Panzanibio. Kevin Holland, 23-9 and nine overall, 2-2-1 two, two and one in his last five, coming off the one-sided loss to Wonderboy Thompson. Santiago Ponzinibbio, 29-6 and six overall, 2-3 and three in his last five, and he's coming off that honestly phenomenal performance over Alex Morono. This is a another one of these fights that I'm not super, super confident in, right? Kevin Holland is a very good grappler, very good striker, trash wrestler, right? He doesn't have the in-between, but he has good jiu-jitsu, has good striking. His striking is accurate, is powerful, uh, again, his takedown defense is absolute dog city trash. He did take down Wonder Boy, which was funny. It showed some fight IQ, though. He was losing those striking exchanges and then said, you know what? I got to change this up. Shot some takedowns. And then he just gave in to peer pressure, essentially, and stood up. Instead of continuing to grapple with Wonder Boy, he just let Wonder Boy be like, oh, this is what we're doing now? You said you were going to strike. So then he stood up and strike and then just got smoked, frankly. But Kevin Holland's accurate striker. Decent power, very good at jiu-jitsu. Santiago Ponzinibbio is a good striker as well. He likes to stay outside of the pocket. He's got clean striking, and he's one of the few people that can manage range pretty well. He does have some TKOs on the record because of volume and pressure, and he's coming off that really, really nice win over Alex Morono where he doubled his strikes and then got the TKO in the third. This is going to be a fun fight to watch. I'm looking forward to this fight. And if Kevin Holland wasn't coming off that Wonder Boy loss, I might bet him. I'm avoiding bets here. I do think Kevin Holland's going to win, but I just want to see what he looks like, right? He was just beat bad. 
I mean, Wonderboy beat the crap out of this guy. And yeah, he was in it. He landed a few nice shots. He wrestled, which was actually nice to see. But, you know, I'm going to avoid the bets here because Ponzinibbio is good. He's not a bum. He is good. He's got good technical clean striking. And if he can get to Kevin Holland, then Kevin may get frustrated. And Santiago can wrestle as well. So Kevin Holland is absolutely the pick. Should be a favorite here. I just... I don't know how he's going to be coming off of that loss. Two losses in a row now, but coming off that loss to Wonderboy because that was a that must have been a tough loss for him, right? In a striking match versus a striker, he was beat pretty bad, bell to bell. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, yeah, I think I think the UFC knows what they're doing with Kevin Holland, and they know that this is a very very winnable fight for that. That's why the odds are and reflect that um, with 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 the odds better. So, you know, Kevin Holland two fights ago. Out-wrestled by arguably the best wrestler in the UFC. Happens. You know, it was a weird situation, so I don't think that loss is a big deal. No. Last fight, he's outstruck by one of the best strikers the UFC has ever seen. I mean, Stephen Thompson looked absolutely fantastic in that fight. And Kevin Holland still, in the first round, put him on skates. I mean, he was landing good shots, put him on skates, had him really, really hurt in that first round. If those shots land against Ponzinibbio, he's going to get put out. I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. And yes, Ponzinibbio looked good against Alex Morono on four days notice or whatever it was. I mean, it was like such, such short notice. And Morono, yes, he has power, but he's such an awkward striker. But with that awkward style, he was able to land some shots on Ponzinibbio. He wasn't able to land like the power that he's usually landing. Maybe it was because of the short notice to catch it, whatever it is. But if he's landing shots and Kevin Holland's landing shots, Kevin Holland was landing against Wonder Boy. Santiago Ponzinibbio is a very good striker, but he's not Wonder Boy, especially in the defensive side of things. Wonder Boy stays safe, and he still was on skates against Kevin Holland. Maybe he misses in the wrestling as well, as you mentioned, but I think he can he can strike with this guy. He's a better striker. He's a longer striker. He's a more powerful striker, and I think he puts Ponzinibbio out. They know what they're doing. Easy peasy. Kevin Holland gets it done. I'm a, I'm a big fan, so I'm a little bit biased. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I I think Kevin Holland wins as well. I just I just want to see him get a nice, solid striking win under his belt. It's been a while since he's had one of those, so I just want to see him get that under his belt before I'm like, okay, Kevin Holland's good to go here. Because Ponzinibbio is not nothing. That Alex Morono win was nice. Alex Morono's good, and Ponzinibbio sort of beat him up pretty bad. So. You know, if he could have that same success, then it could be a tough night. I do think Kevin Holland wins. He's probably a safe bet. I'm more conservative than most, so I'm not doing it. But Kevin Holland can get it done. And Ponzinibbio has, you know, been beat before, right? This guy's not undefeated. And if Kevin does wrestle, he could potentially have some success there. Look at this absolute Muppet ass clown turd. I don't know why Angelo keeps saying Holland wrestled. Because he did. He, that's why, because he did. He would have won the fight if he did earlier. But he yeah, literally, he, he literally was like, "I'm not gonna." They got in clinch situations, and he literally told Stephen Thompson, "I'm not gonna wrestle you. I'm not gonna wrestle you. I don't want to be the wrestling guy. I, I want to be the fun guy." And then he started getting the shit beat out of him. He was like, "Dude, I gotta wrestle you now." And then literally, what he told him, he's like, "Sorry about it," because I think he started shooting takedowns, and Stephen's like, "Oh, I thought you weren't gonna wrestle." He's like, "I gotta wrestle you now," because his corner's like, "Hey, I know you don't want to wrestle. You might yeah, want to yeah. start wrestling." <laughs> <laughs> no, hundred percent. Um, but it's also nice to know he has that, right? It is nice to know he has that if he needs it, and that was the perfect time to try to use it. He could, he should have used it more. He gave and it to peer that pressure. He eat a shot and eat another shot and eat another shot. There were yep. some shots that were the cleanest shots I've seen Stephen Thompson ever fucking land, and Kevin Holland didn't even move. I mean, didn't even move. Just kind of looked at him. That dude is tough, man. 
No, he should absolutely 100% win this fight. But also, he like fake retired, then unretired, then got the shit kicked out of him. Like, there's a lot going on here. I'm not necessarily going to throw a ton of money at it, but I'm not going to shame anybody who does because he should absolutely win this fight. He should absolutely win this fight. And Kevin Holland's the pick. Potentially. Kevin Holland is both of our picks. Jacob's a little more confident than I am, and that's why the confidence ratings are so important. If you go to wewantpicks.com, wewantpicks.com, become a premium member. It's only $10 a month. You're going to get picks, bets, all sorts of content, including confidence picks. So next to every single pick that we make, you're going to see our confidence level in that pick. And then on top of it, if you look at my page and my picks, you're going to see my round line leans for every single one of these fights. I'm going to tell you if I think it's going to go over or under the designated round line. We want picks.com $10 a month. And Get back to this. Absolute- Get a mat. Back to this absolute fucking clown. Here we go. He literally refused to wrestle until he took one single takedown. Okay, Matt, I'm going to prove you wrong and then time you out to teach you a lesson because you're absolutely fucking stupid. Kevin Holland. Keep going, Matt. Kevin Holland against Wonderboy Thompson had two takedowns in that fight. Jacob, you know how many he attempted? Take a guess how many he attempted. Seven or eight. Six. He attempted six takedowns and he got two. Oh, he's groveling so, now. He's groveling. Matt is an absolute dumb dick moron who will be timed out because, honestly, fuck you. That's why. The mouse you slams. Would, That's how you know. You, you annoyed the, he just annoyed the fucking shit out of me. Goodbye. He just Soon kept commenting and commenting. Soon Adios. You're timed out. Get him out of here. Absolute fuck. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, 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 goodbye. Na it was just the refute. Like, be normal. Like, say, then I prove you wrong, and then be no. But no, like, just nonstop. Fuck that shit. Next up at UFC two, and plus, I'm not really built for the internet because I do get triggered, and I don't get triggered like my feelings are hurt. I get triggered like I'm just, I just want to wring a neck. Why does Rob Font look like he's getting a colonoscopy? He's kind of like, like it just went in. I actually would have, I would say Adrian looks closer to shut the fuck up in. and don't ever fucking talk about Adrian <laughs> like that. You hear me? Next up at UFC 287, Rob Font is taking on Adrian Yanez. Rob Font 19 and 6 overall, 3 and 2 in his last 5 riding a two fight losing streak. Adrian Yanez 16 and 3 overall, riding a nine fight win streak and this is striker versus striker two of the cleanest most precise accurate strikers in the ufc right now in this week rob font is gritty he's tough he's technical doesn't have a ton of power and he actually has a pretty good chin i mean cheeto vera dropped him a bunch of times but didn't put him out rob font just popped right back up and just kept coming forward and 
dominated the fight according to the stats, but if you looked at his face, clearly got the absolute crap kicked out of him. But Rob Font, clean technical striker who has been around for a while and has some solid wins under his belt. He's taking on Adrian Yanez. I've said this in the Quick Picks video. Adrian Yanez is basically a younger version of Rob Font. He's fast, clean, accurate striker. Good striking fight IQ. He does have some very real power, and he also has a very, very good chin. His issue, though, is he can be a slow starter at times. And if you dig into the stats, he has six fights in the UFC, five fight of the night bonuses, five stoppage mm. wins. Mm. But in his last three, he was outstruck in the uh, in the first round in two of them. So he does tend to give up that round. There's only a three-round fight. I do think Yanez wins, but... I am not nearly as high on him as Jacob is. He'll talk about that in a minute. Rob Font, up until, what, Adrian Yanez's last fight against shitbag Tony Kelly, people would say is the best striker in the division, or at least the cleanest boxer in the division. And now all of a sudden he sucks and he's going to get smoked. I don't necessarily buy into that. I do think Yanez will win because I just I think he's Rob Font, but younger. Fast, clean, accurate. Should be able to beat Rob to the punch because he is younger, faster. But this is a very, very, very winnable fight for Rob Font. Giannis is the pick, but Rob Font, super live here, clean technical striker. You, you, I know you're diehard Adrian Giannis, so go for it. Yeah, don't listen to me. Uh, and that's like that's not even like being satire at all. You should not listen to me because I am extremely, extremely biased when it comes to Adrian Yanez. I, I said that in his last fight. I've been a fan of his for a long time. The first time, and I, I swear to God, there's going to be a, a million of you that are going to watch him. If you've never seen him fight, are going to fall in love with Adrian Yanez because his boxing is literally like fucking art. It is. It literally is beautiful to watch when he is flowing and he is ripping the body and boom, boom, and throwing combinations and, it, and it's like five, six, seven punch combinations and everything is just so beautiful and so accurate and so clean with the power behind it. It is something beautiful to watch and this is the perfect dance partner for him and Rob Font. Yeah, Rob Font's gonna have some success early, right? Adrian Yanez might have a bloody nose. Tony Kennelly gave him a bloody nose. The jab, it, Rob Font's jab is fantastic. He's gonna snap it out there, Adrian will find the timing and once he finds the timing he's going to start landing the more powerful shots the more impactful shots and if he doesn't put Rob Font away it'll be more than enough for the judges to give him the decision win I think that this is the perfect opportunity for him. It's definitely a step up in competition. This is not Tony Kelly. This is a very formidable opponent in Rob Font, but Rob Font does get hit. He does get dropped. And Adrian Yanez, when he hits people, he does hurt them, man. He throws these combinations that are absolutely insane. Every punch he throws, it seems like he lands. He works the body. He works the head. And once he gets you pinned down, he gets you hurt. He is an absolute finisher. He is my guy. I think he's got all the tools to be the champion. The grappling is starting to show up. The the, the wrestling defense, because that's what people want to do, right? He's a, such a good striker. They want to wrestle him. They want that's starting to catch up now. I think he can honestly be the champ by 2025. Adrian Yanez wins this fight. I think he's inside inside the distance. Gets it done, man. That's my dude. I don't know about inside the distance because if Cheeto Vera is not putting Rob Font out, I don't Cheeto sucks, think. right? We we can say that now openly and I, freely. We've been I've trying been, to say it. You more than me. I've been saying it. Right. We, we, but, me and you have both been saying it. But once he beat Rob Font, legally, I was not allowed to say it anymore. Cheeto sucks. I, listen, I, I'm in that camp, but he does have insane power, and he was connected with Rob. And if he didn't put him out, I don't know if Yanez is going to be able to. Yanez got power, man. 
And it's not it's not one punch like Cheeto. It is he's gonna hit three pop pop pop. I mean, with everything behind it. That's the difference. Cheeto is one, and you can survive one, but you saw that when he put away um was it Costa or whatever. I mean it's boom boom and then boom boom boom. I mean it's all But you're not concerned he was getting pieced up by Costa in that first round? No, I you think he gets hit, but he's a dog he's got the dog in him and he, he works it out. Once he finds the timing, he's gonna I mean he is a counter striker, so he's gonna fu- he's gonna fuck up, you know, get touched up, finding those counter shots, finding the rhythm, but then it's boom, it's slip, and he's right there with those counter shots. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, I also think Adrian Yanez wins $8,500. If you're as confident as Jacob is, $8,500 is a great price point in DraftKings because he can win by finish. He is super fast. He will throw the hands out there. We'll lay it on. Rob Font, older, aging, striking is the first. Well, your chin's the first thing that goes. Your speed is the second thing that goes. And, you know, we may see that with Rob Font. I, I mentioned that quick picks, this could be sort of a change in the guard because, Adrian Yanez is just a younger Rob Font. That's all he is. And I just don't know where they are in sort of their crossing of paths just now. Because like a Jose Aldo, for example, there was a bunch of who we called young Jose Aldos that he was still hanging with to the very end. I mean, he he left on a loss where it was just held against the cage. So this could be a similar type situation where Rob Fon's just reminding everybody like, Hey guys, I didn't go anywhere. I just beat the shit out of Cheeto Vera. And the only reason I lost that fight is because my skin was ripped to shreds. Could be that, but I agree with you. I think Adrian's going to get it done because he's fast combinations, accurate, all of those things. Don't be surprised if, if, if Yanez comes in and throws in a takedown or two as well, just to kind of mix it in. We've seen Rob Fon on his back before. Um, I think Adrian's been working on that. Just kind of, if he gets in trouble, maybe he is getting touched up just to break up the rhythm of Rob Font a little bit, level changes. I'd love to see a little bit of that. Yep. We want picks.com. Become a member. Jacob's got a monster bet on this fight. And if you want to see all of our bets, you can unlock all of them for only $10 a month. That's wewantpicks.com. At the top, click become a member. You're going to get everything you could ever imagine for that $10. All right, Gilbert wins this one, so uh, let's go to the main event. <laughs> Jacob hates George Masvidal, and I'm a little more of a reasonable person. Next up in the co-main event at UFC 287, we have Gilbert Burns taking on George Masvidal. Gilbert Burns, 21-5 and five overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off the destruction of Neil Magny. He's taking on George Masvidal, 35-16 and 16 overall. Two and three in his last five. He's coming off three losses in a row. Two of them were to Usman. It's a tricky fight. This is not, Jacob's going to be 100% positive. He knows what's going to happen. I'll disagree and I'll tell you why. Listen, Gilbert Burns is a grappler. He's developed some decent striking over time, right? We keep talking about how he almost had Usman out cold before he was eventually put out. He's a little undersized for the division, but similar to Chris Curtis, he put on some muscle and uh, sort of filled out for 170, even though he started as a 155-pounder. He is coming off the destruction of Neil Magny, where he needed less than one round to take him down and submit him. And he's taking on George Masterall. George Masterall is absolutely a journeyman. I've been saying that about a lot of people. He's a journeyman, but he's a good journeyman. He has been training in one of the best teams in the country with some of the best people in the country, for years and years and years and only one single time did we see George look bad and that was in the the fight against Usman right the second fight against Usman where he was actually knocked out 
Outside of that fight, he was competitive in everything. Or at least, like, there, making stuff happen. In his last fight against Kobe, he dropped him. What round was that? Third, fourth? Something like that. He dropped him. Didn't pounce, but he dropped him. And the only reason I don't think this is a murdering is because George Masvidal has spent the last however many years training for only wrestlers. Only wrestlers. And his takedown defense is rock solid. Which means that this fight might only be on its feet. And if it is on its feet, George Masvidal is a better striker than Gilbert Burns. It's just that simple. It's just literally that simple. So I do think Gilbert Burns is going to win this fight. Because I just think they're different people with different levels of dedication. Gilbert Burns is going to hit harder than George Masvidal. And I think Gilbert Burns is going to come forward, grind, 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 grind. It's gonna, he's going to try to fight like how he fought Wonder Boy. He's not going to be as successful with the takedowns as he was against Wonderboy, but he will have some success. So I do think Gilbert Burns wins this fight, but I am not going anywhere near these minus 450 odds because George Masvidal has very good takedown defense, very good hands, and can absolutely win this fight. And I'm not going to be the one with egg on my face because I threw Gilbert Burns in a parlay and George Masvidal defended a whole bunch of takedowns to sketch out an easy or uh, uh, to work out a sketchy decision in his own backyard. So that's my breakdown. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, Jorge sucks, man. I mean, there, there's just no doubt about that. He, I, I agree that he's a he's, he's a good striker, right? And he's gonna he's gonna be able to outstrike people like Nate Diaz and, and stuff like that. And maybe there's a world where Gilbert doesn't shoot a takedown and tries to strike with this guy, and it's a it's a close 50-50, Even though I think Gilbert can land the power shots to kind of withstand that decision, but listen. I was already fully on board the Gilbert side, but then the, all the talk this week with Jorge, it's like, oh my God, He's this guy retiring. is, he is, he is here to collect a check. He says, oh, if I lose this, it's probably, he wants to retire, get the standing ovation in front of the home crowd. He knows he's losing this fight. You just watch the embedded. He's having a good time. He's around Miami. This is my city. This is, it's almost like he's like trying to shoot the documentary for his retirement in the embedded. The guy is showing up to collect a check. He knows what's going to happen to him. Gilbert Burns is not an Usman wrestler. He's not a Colby wrestler. Those guys are wrestler wrestlers, right? They're very methodical. They go through, they wrestle how normal people wrestle. George has been defending those type of takedowns forever. He can defend those. I agree. When Usman's on him, it's very, very difficult. When Colby's on him, it's very, very difficult because they go through the motions like a wrestler. Gilbert Burns is a wrestler, but he's a grappler. And this dude is all power. There's not technique. I mean, he's not he's not on a single. Then and then Jorge knows he's gonna do this and try to the inside trip him and outside trip him and this and then body lock him. He's gonna grab him. He's gonna pick him up over his head. And he's gonna slam him down because that's what he does. He's all power. He is power. He is strength. He's gonna get a hold of tiny little Jorge. He's gonna slam him down. His top control is real. You saw it against Neil Magny. Neil Magny is a very very good. I mean, he's a good wrestler in his own right. Picked him up, slam him down. But Neil Magny off his back with those long limbs was able to try and elevate him. I mean, the way that he was floating on top of Neil Magny, back and forth, side control, side control, was unreal. If Jorge's on his back, he's gonna get, he's gonna make a mistake. He's gonna get submitted. That's exactly what Gilbert Burns gonna do. This is Jorge's retirement fight. He's here to collect a check, retire in front of the home fans. Gilbert's gonna get this done. First takedown, submission, easy peasy. He's gonna retire, get this whatever. He's overrated. He's always been overrated. The Darren Till was the luckiest knockout I've ever seen. Askren, lucky. The guy's a journeyman. He sucks. I mean, you're very, very biased, obviously. Why am but, I biased? Um, well, you tell me. You just well, I don't know. I, I, I have no issues with Jorge as a person. He seems like a seems like a fun guy to be around. I don't know. I mean, you love Darren Till. 
You beat that dude. I do not anymore. Dead to me. <laughs> um, I'm obviously we're on the same side of the pick, but very different levels of confidence. Again, I got to sneeze. Talk. Oh, well, we have a dollar ninety nine that says Angela doesn't watch tape, but nice work, Jacob. I appreciate that. I don't know what the hell that's about. I watch a ton of tape. Tender View is now timed out. I'll refund your money. Eat shit. Um, you would spend the minus 450 on Gilbert? I've, I've spent lots of money on Gilbert this week. The premium <laughs> members know that. Well, unlock that now at We Want Picks. Dot com. I'm not touching Gilbert and DraftKings. Not at ninety six hundred. He has to stop George Turner. You think he really stops George Mastro? I, I think he slams him down Jeez. and then submits nice. him. I mean, the guy's a, a world champion jujitsu guy. He just submitted Neil Magny pretty easily. Yeah, Jorge's got flat on his back. Jorge doesn't have anything to offer against. All right, I'll bet you a hundred dollars this fight does not end in a stoppage. Not for Gilbert. I bet you a hundred dollars Gilbert doesn't win by stoppage. Okay, what uh, what odds do I get on that? What, what's what's the money. inside the distance for Gilbert? You're gonna give me those odds. No, I'm saying it doesn't do that. I know. So I want it inside the distance is plus one hundred. So you were gonna give me that money. That on sounds there. like even money to me. You dumb dick. Well, I didn't know what the odds were. Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought they'd be plus two something. <laughs> all right. So you're gonna take the bet. So it sounds like all of the world is with me. Yeah, I'm gonna take that bet. He's gonna finish him. He's gonna be the easiest hundred dollars I've ever made. Done. Send it now. Request it right now. I hate when you do that. That's so annoying. Well, um, all right, Jacob's are on the are on the same side of the pick, but very, very different, different levels of confidence. And if you want to see our confidence levels for every single one of these picks, go to wewantpicks.com, become a member. You're gonna see all the picks, all the bets, you're gonna see our confidence levels, you're gonna see the round line leans. I Except see it right that. here. Yeah, decline. You're gonna see the round line leans. If you go to my page. On premium, I have every single round line. I say over under. So you can go ahead and build parlays using that as well. Next up at UFC 287, we have the main event of the evening for the second pay-per-view in a row. We have the longtime champion getting an immediate rematch to get their belt back. We have Alex Pajeda defending his new belt against former champion Israel Adesanya. Alex Pajeda is only... 7-1 and one in MMA, 5-0 and oh in his last five, coming off the fifth-round win over Adesanya. And as we know, Alex Pajeda had a very long, healthy kickboxing career before coming to MMA. Israel Adesanya is 23-2 and two overall. He's 3-2 and two in his last five. Those two losses are when he went up to light heavyweight against Jan Blachowicz and his last fight against Alex Pajeda. Outside of his last fight against Alex Pajeda, Israel Adesanya looked absolutely unbeatable at 185. And this is an interesting matchup. The all-time statistic, and this includes Usman just losing. Wait, who, wait, wait. Usman lost. That's what I said. Okay, yeah. Champions who lost their belt and got an immediate rematch are 4-13 and all-time. 4-13 and all-time. So odds are not in Israel's favor. Well, the odds literally are, but their uh, history is not in his favor here. Listen, the breakdown is an interesting one because Alex Pajeda is a phenomenal kickboxer with everybody wants to talk about how huge he is. He's huge. He has insane power. He's a finisher. He shot one single takedown in that last fight and it was clean. His head was where it was supposed to be. He drove with Cut it. Cut the he angle. It. He, I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful takedown. Elevated. And he manages, 
he manages to have a 73% takedown defense. And part of that is there because of Izzy. Izzy shot four takedowns in their first matchup. Four. He got one of those four, but he shot four takedowns. And Alex Pajeda defended three of them. He did have six minutes of control time, though. But Israel Adesanya is the much better fighter here. right? I think we agree on that, right? He's just the better MMA fighter. MMA fighter. Okay. I guess we don't agree that the second greatest middleweight of all time is the better MMA fighter here. Israel Asanya is the better MMA fighter. He was winning that last fight. It's a five-round fight. He won four rounds. He was going to win a decision. Four-to-one decision. He was going to win. And then he got caught against the cage. He got stopped. A lot of people think it was early. I think it was fine. And that's what makes this breakdown so tricky because I originally had Izzy winning this rematch because I think he's just going to dance around, avoid the power, potentially shoot some takedowns and get it done. But then every day that goes by, I get a little closer, a little, like I, it just, I keep flip-flopping. I'm, I'm an absolute wet noodle when it comes to picking this fight because I've got no spine whatsoever. I am on the Alex Pajeda side now. He's beaten Izzy three times, stopped him two times. What does concern me in that, though, is Izzy almost had, almost, I know it's not horseshoes, but almost had Pajeda out twice. He almost had him out in the last fight. He almost had him out in the, the second kickboxing match. So it it is tricky. This is an awesome main event. I'm looking forward to it. If Izzy wins, he does have to fight a perfect fight, dance around the outside. I don't, if he hasn't been able to finish Alex yet, I don't think he's going to be able to. So I guess I got to go Alex here. The dude won this fight three times already, including six, seven months ago. And he was the better wrestler in that fight too. So frankly, uh, I'm going to go Alex. Very, very low confident pick here. Uh, I'm just going to enjoy this because this should be a really fun fight and definitely very interesting fight. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, I don't know. I I, honestly, I have no idea how anyone could pick Izzy. I mean, the guy's 0-3, and I understand the one was like a weird decision. Or he's, he's 0-3. He's 0-3 versus the guy. How can anyone pick the guy that's 0-3 versus the champ that just won the last fight by knockout is beyond me. I understand the whole everything behind it. He was winning. He was looking good. I mean, yeah, okay, but he lost the fight. He got knocked out because you cannot stand in front. You see Joe Rogan say over and over, you cannot stand in front of this guy, and eventually he will find the shots. And the reason he's able to find those shots is because Izzy's scared, man. You can tell the way that he fights Alex, he fights him scared. He's not the confident Izzy in there. He's taking his time. He's picking his shots. And the way you can tell this the most is when he's against the fence. Back against the fence. You'll see that time and time. All the Izzy fights, he's always against the fence. When he's against the fence against everyone else, his hands are low, he's head movement, he's slipping shots, and he's putting shots in to get off the cage, right? He's, he's, he's head movement, and then he'll stick, boom, boom, and that's how he circles off the cage, gets back to range, and does his Izzy thing. But he's always against the fence, and he's very confident against the fence. Against Alex, when Alex is stalking him, stalking him, stalking him, Izzy does not want against the fence, and when he is against the fence, he's trying to grab Alex. He's trying to clinch Alex because he knows that's where he's safe because he's scared of Alex's power against the fence. You'll see it, especially when he got finished. The, his first instinct when, he's, when, he, when he got hit by his shot wasn't to, oh my God, head movement, circle out, let me respond. It was, he was just trying to reach out. He was just trying to grab him. You saw that in the fight time and time again. There were so many clinch situations that Izzy initiated because he's scared of the power of Alex. He just wants to hold Alex and he thinks he can control Alex and he's safe there. He's like a little kid, like I'm safe in this position. He can't fight like that. If he fights like that again, he's going to get 
knocked out again because you cannot be in that range. And once you start reaching and reaching, Alex is going to sneak in those big, big hook shots. Izzy has to come in with a completely new game plan. And I don't know if he will because, just like with Usman, it worked the first time. Let me just do it again, right? Izzy was winning that whole fight. Let me just do it again. I don't think he can do it again. I think he gets knocked out even quicker because, for whatever reason, Alex seems even more motivated now, even after the champion. The motivation seems crazy. The camps, the everything, bringing in Chuck Liddell, all this stuff. He went over to Thailand for a while and was training and stuff. He seems more motivated for this one. I think he's all over Izzy early. And unless Izzy comes in and maybe he's able to use wrestling, people keep talking about that. I think he needs to keep the range. Front kicks, front kicks, side kicks. Just keep this dude away from you. Dance around. But you got to be confident. And I don't know how he can change his confidence um, against a guy that's beat him three times. I think he comes in, tries to do the same thing. Gets knocked out again. I'm Alex all the way. Well, it'll be interesting for sure because this could be Izzy could look great because he's not the champ. Maybe, you know, he he could have. I mean, that's what Usman. I mean, Usman said it, but yeah, it could affect people differently. But Usman was basically like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not the champ. There's so many. I have so much more time for this. There's no response. There's no remote responsibilities. I was able to train. He's the worst. He really is. And I'm going to take it to Leon Edwards. Rocky. Oh, Rocky. Sorry. I, listen, no, that no, one still listen. feels good to me. Usman, Usman's very unlikable. Very unlikable. Izzy actually is just who he is. He's not fake. Yeah, he's, he's a good just, dude. He, yeah, yeah, he's him. Where everything about Usman was like a crafted, like, let me pretend to be this. So potentially that could, a um, couple factors here. One, Israel Adesanya could look great because he finally lost that belt. Because when he lost to. Jan, his next fight was against Marvin Vittori, a wrestler, and it was like, uh oh, he just lost to a wrestler. He's going to lose. And he didn't. He looked phenomenal in that next fight. That same thing could happen here. So we know that Izzy bounces back from losses like it's no big deal. And the other thing I heard, which is the opposite of everything I just said, I watched after 285, I watched like the post fight show and all that stuff. And the commentators were going back and forth, and I forget who mentioned it. They said something like, Becoming the champ, just becoming the champ makes you 30% better. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. And it's such a cool, and honestly, it is true. Like, that's what, it, I mean, that's what it seems like separated Leon and Usman, right? Because Usman was the better fighter, but yeah. Leon became the champ and was just a, that a little bit more better. A little bit more better? I don't think that's Yeah, great. that's not great. That's not great. Yeah, that's right. But, we'll um, that out. so I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight. I think this is a great main event. Yes, skinny. Uh, question, and this is for the chat as well. We do have the live chat. Make sure you guys are liking the stream. There's a lot of people in here. Like it before you go. I know this is the last fight and everything. We appreciate all you guys, but what storyline do you think is better? Alex winning again or Izzy coming back and winning? I don't know. I don't know what story is better. I think it's better for the division if Alex wins. Izzy's already beat everybody. How I know, but I'm, I'm, I don't give a shit about that. I'm just talking about the, the story when it's all said and done. Is it a better story if Izzy comes back, wins his title back, finally you know beats the boogeyman in his life? Or is it better if Alex is like the champion, 4-0 versus this guy, puts him away, sends Izzy back to the fucking ranks? You know, I don't know what story is better. I think the best story would be the exact opposite of the last fight. Alex is beating Izzy, beating him, beating him, beating him. Late fifth round, Izzy. It's like here we go again, type thing. And then it's like it's like Izzy's Rocky moment where he comes back and yeah, yeah. That's the bet. Then we'll take a third, and then hopefully it's very clear. So anyway, I'm looking forward. The first fun. The first fight was fun. It was tense. It was a good fight. It was tense, man. That was one of those fights where it's like when when you have Alex just. Just stalking, yeah, stalking, yeah. stalking with that high guard. And then you see him throw one of those hooks. And it's like, oh, shit. 
Oh, God. And then especially because Joe loves Alex. Joe absolutely loves her. He's like, oh, oh. Every time yeah, Alex yeah. throws anything, Joe's like, ooh, ooh. No, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this card. This is a great main event, especially after a week off, get our juices flowing. Whatever side you're on, you should probably play that person in DraftKings, especially Alex at $7,900. If he wins, it is likely by stoppage. And even Izzy, $8,300, a great price for the second best middleweight of all time and potentially the best active middleweight on the planet right Bobby now. So pick, pick your side. And I think Bobby beat him in their last fight too. I think, but, Bobby, I think Bobby's the best middleweight. I think, I think Bobby comes in and beats Alex. Everyone's like, oh, Alex should go fight Jamal. I don't think he's going to get the chance. I think Bobby's going to take the title. I would like to see Alex just immediately go up and wait, honestly. But yeah, I mean that's that's the that is the creme de la creme to go and fight Jamal Hill to to get back Glover's belt. Basically, That'd be that would incredible. be awesome. That That'd would be incredible. Be awesome. Imagine if he fucking won too. Jesus Christ! And then it's just and and it was great and then he can this. stay at two hundred five and not have to fight Jim. I mean, that's, I, think that's, he, I think he could just retire because he has been very clear. I don't like MMA. I don't like this. And he's. I I'm sure. He, I don't know what kind of money was in Glory, but he was like the two division champion forever in Glory. So I'm sure he's got decent money already. You know. And with this money that he's making for these fights, he's, he'll be good to go. Oh yeah, he, well he, now he's a champ. He's getting pay per view. The, be, the best embedded, the best embedded uh, moment was that was uh, I think it was today's episode. He's in his hotel and it's in Miami, so uh, the hotel's on the beach. They can see all the yachts, you know, by the arena. They can see the arena and stuff. And uh, they they just like is, is that the boat you're gonna get or you're gonna get one of those boats or whatever? And it's just him. It's a panned out. I mean, it's like a fucking movie. It's a panned out. All you see is the curtains and then the big like a big hotel window and his silhouette. And it's just the caption. Obviously, he's speaking in Portuguese, but it's just the caption. It says, soon, I will get one soon. Or something. It's like, soon, or yeah. I will get one soon, or something like that. And he's just sta- like standing there, like that little, just like this, like staring at these boats, like, those will be mine soon. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, he, God. he is a scary dude. I don't think he's ever smiled. Very scary dude. Tons of power. This is going to be an awesome main event. Did you see him speaking English? He, I, I saw an, it was on, incredible. Uh, he was promoting the pay per view. He was trying. My yeah. name. Is, <laughs> he's like, I think he was reading it. I yeah, he was, he was obviously reading he was reading it. it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. anybody can read a, a like it, but it's going to sound weird, obviously. But yeah, yeah. I mean, good for him because I mean, well, because listen, he, him and Glover are very close, obviously. And Glover is like, dude, you got it. You got it. You want to be market. You want to make this money. You got to speak right. English. It's very, very simple. But anyway, awesome card, awesome main event. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Don't forget, become a premium member. We have Fevroshi01. You commented a couple times. You do safety, but I literally have a safety parlay that is up six units on the year. It's up like 18 or 21 units since we've been tracking it. It's for premium members, though. So become a premium member. It's only $10 a month. You're going to get all sorts of stuff, including hopefully a ton of profit. We've given you 45 units of net profit on pay-per-views. This is only pay-per-views in 2023. If you only show up for pay-per-views, which are obviously when we get most of the views and most of the signups, well, you've made 45 units of net profit if you started with the first event of the year and you stuck with us till the last event we are crushing pay-per-views and hopefully want to do more of the same. Why did you do that weird cat noise? Yeah. Premium has a new look and feel. I have no Oh my page. God, who's that? Oh my, look at that good looking dude, huh? Thank you. Oh, Jacob well. has... Jacob has his own page. A bunch of people say, "Where's I don't see the safety parlay. Where's the safety parlay? It's right here. That ain't mine. I don't know if you can see my mouse. There's two. There's the the box, the second box. Then it says fight picks with a circle. The second box is only the safety parlay. 
you got to click on the tabs to get all that content. My safety parlay is up. You're also going to see picks. You're going to see round line props. You're going to see confidence plays. All of that. And what this does is it opens the door for more analysts. And we have more analysts Mm -hmm. in the queue. We're building their pages. They will be up shortly. Again, it's $10 a month. It's going to stay $10 a month forever. Mm -hmm. No matter how many other analysts we bring on here and how many other events we break down. You're still going to get all the other stuff that you get today. Like 38 columns of detailed data and metrics. Mm -hmm. The DraftKings Optimizer. All the picks. All the plays. Everything. WeOntPicks.com. Click Become a member, and I'll send you 50 bucks, guys. A couple of you have been asking, how do I get the 50? All you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. There you'll see our different sportsbook betting partners and the pros and cons to each of them. Click our link, sign up, make an account, make a deposit. Once you do that, go back to our website. There's a right at the top of the website, there's a claim $50. Click that button, fill out the form. We verify your deposit. We get you paid. It's affiliate marketing. The sportsbook's going to pay us. We're going to cut off a piece of that. We're going to pay you. Wheelpicks.com slash bets. Jacob, you have anything to say to the people? Are you coming over to my house Saturday? It's undecided at the moment. You should. We're gonna, it's going to be a great day. I'm 100% serious. It's going to be a great day. We're going to play some wiffle ball. It's supposed to rain. No, it's not. I checked. Believe me, I'm obsessed with the weather. Uh, 30% Saturday. chance. I checked it today. It's at night. That's at night. Well, it's, uh, it's at night. 40% now. At night. Anyway, we're going to play Wiffle. I'm cooking those two huge meat No, it's at, nine, it's at 10 a.m. I'm looking at it right now. It's at 10 a.m. Even so better. Rain. Even better. No, because then it's supposed to rain and then, then the fight starts. So it's probably going to be a no for me. You know how I, I handle the rain. Bitch. Don't be a bitch. You know how I handle the rain. Too sweet. My melt. <laughs> okay. Any last words? Uh, I just ordered McDonald's a little, uh, what did I order? Double, uh, quarter pounder or something like that? Getting the, getting the burger this time. Let me check here. Let them know. Yeah, double quarter okay. pounder with cheese. I, I can't. I, you, you've annoyed me with the Saturday thing, and now you're just rambling. I better oh, hit yeah. you for Ooh. fucking 60. I mean, this, I mean, this, I mean, we, we do this on live stream too, but you can tell just by that throwing motion, I'm fucking, mm, I'm cocking. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Can you even, can you, can you throw a clean spiral or no? I'm, I'm literally, I mean, if everyone that's looking at me right now, it's like, that's a Mike Vick frozen fucking roll. 30 yards off the okay. off the run. I got to go. This is. Patty this Mahomes, sidearm. I got it all, baby. Go deep. And I'll I put it to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I go deep. Cut it. Uh, 